Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another movie episode of Games My Mom Phone. I am Mike Halberton, and who's just, here goes nothing with me tonight. The Jedi, like my father before me, Carrie Chandler, Carusetta on Twitch, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A. And Peter Day Wanawanga, Bingham Pancrats, <laughs> author of The Fifth Civilization, <laughs> available in stores now. All right, and welcome back, you two. And we're wrapping up the first trilogy. Yay. Oh, that feels, Yay. <laughs> it feels so good to wrap up this trilogy. And then, unfortunately, I have two other trilogies to do eventually. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody told me they're like oh you're gonna be talking about the last good star wars movie and so yeah. i was like no 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 rogue one happened also <laughs> phantom menace happened too and force awakens yeah i yes, said oh, hey, I, think I, we're said, all... I said hey force awakens <laughs> is good we're all, for, we're all forgetting the clone wars movie i mean isn't that the best star wars movie i mean do you want it we can talk we can do an episode on that too <laughs> oh yeah I, I i would i don't i don't think it's that bad it's, it's, it's a bad. it's a it's a good two-part episode of the series <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But we are here to talk about Star Wars Return of the Jedi that came out in 1983. The year I was born. Came, came, direct, out, came out two months after I was born. Directed by Richard Mark Kwan, whoever that is, which I never heard of before. Yeah, he, English English director. He has okay. directed some mildly famous movies before doing this one. This is definitely his most famous work. Did he die shortly after this one? Because I only saw like three credits after this on his IMDb. He died in 1994. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't. I mean, well, 10 years, but he didn't. Yeah, he didn't a movie in 1993. Then he, then that was it. Yeah. Okay. Not not a big filmography. Yeah. And and why why did they not use Erwin Kushner again? Well, my, well, I feel like he tried. I don't even think he was in the running. I know. from what I read, they Lucas wanted he didn't want to do it himself because he was frustrated by, you know, the director's Screen. guild and all sorts of stuff. So they tried. I think he asked Steven Spielberg and Steven Spielberg was like, no. And then they asked David Lynch and David Lynch said no. Um, wow, that would have been something else. <laughs> right. And then I think David Cronenberg, too. And then yeah. they all were like, they were like, this stuff is too complicated. Like all the special effects, like I can never direct that. So he kind of found I think Mercer Mark was just like, OK, you're willing to do this you have a record of getting things in on budget because they were really concerned about budget in those days because they were not, they did not have unlimited money even for Return of the Jedi. So he was like, you can get yeah. it in under budget and you can get things on time. So we're going to go with you. It's weird to think of a Star Wars movie as, you know, having to follow money uh, yeah. rules and all this stuff. Cause now, you know, Disney has unlimited money to pour into everything. But back then, no. <laughs> didn't happen. Yeah. And I, also, I think, Oh, go ahead. I didn't realize how much this movie was a commercial for toys. Until this time. <laughs> well, yeah, there's when we get to that part, there's a part where that is extremely apparent. Mm-hmm. I should know, because when I was a kid in the 90s, I was looking up like I remember looking up in like magazines about some of these toy prices and some of them were pretty like, oh, yeah, there were some pretty mm-hmm. expensive toys. Yeah, I it's it's funny because like, we're talking. It sounds like we're negative on this. This is my I mean, it's my third favorite Star Wars movie still. So right. I still I still love it. It was my favorite when I was a kid by far. Um, same but as an adult i've kind of like this one you know i even it sometimes put rogue one above this and then really what's above this is the rogue one that exists in my head which is the version that didn't get chopped and screwed by you know disney well i don't yeah whatever it was you know there's some sort of politics at work with rogue one with the directors getting fired and all that 
And I think that there was probably a version of Rogue One at some point on some shooting draft that would be better than Return of the Jedi. But I think the version we got is slightly below it for me. But still, yeah, no, I I love this movie. We were talking earlier and you were saying like, it's okay," And I'm like, oh, we're going to fight. I think we're going to have issues. Yeah. Oh, I I had issues with this movie. I I'll just say right up to begin with it. Well, it used to be my favorite as well. I think it's the ones probably most geared towards kids. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's made true. with kids in, in mind as opposed to like a family movie. It's the very mm-hmm. first Star Wars movie I saw. I think I was seven and I had not really heard of Star Wars. It was in that time when the dark time when there was no properties or merchandising <laughs> really coming out. I went to a birthday party and I heard yeah. of Star Trek, but I was like, Star Wars? I'll give this a shot. And Return of the Jedi, I watched it. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I want to see there are more movies like this. I'll see the other ones. And then it started the whole Star Wars love. So that's cool. I, I had seen mine was Empire Strikes Back, but I saw Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi the same night. I was at a friend's house uh, the night. We watched Empire. I talked about this on our Empire episode. I watched Empire Strikes Back. And then I was like, that's amazing. And you're like, oh, let's watch the next one. And I watched Return of the Jedi. And I was like, that's even better. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. But I was and I was I was a little older. I think it was probably. Well, I was in like sixth grade, so. But that's the perfect, that's the perfect demographic. Right. Yeah. Like this special, I remember as a kid, I really liked the intro of this movie and I didn't care about the Endor or the battle for Death Star. And as an adult, I didn't care about the Jabba's, about the, you know, Jabba's Hut stuff, but I cared about everything else. Oh, that's interesting. We should also, off the top, um, what, so I... I, again, watched the original theatrical cut or the Blu-ray. I mean, not Blu-ray, the uh, Laserdisc uh, version. Not on Laserdisc, though, on DVD. But the original, I watched the original theatrical cut, um, essentially. Uh, did you guys watch the special edition or what? I watched the Disney Plus version. I, I have a pretty good memory of the changes and everything. Having I, A couple yeah. of years ago, I, have, I did watch the unaltered Laserdisc cut, the special edition, the special limited DVD. Yeah, that's what I've got. And this is my so this is my first time watching, you know, kind of the Disney version of it with all the with every change in it. So I watched the Disney Plus version, too, of course, because that's all I have access to. Yeah, See, my son and I, I think maybe over Christmas break, we watched like all we watched um, the the original trilogy and then the sequel trilogy and Rogue One and Solo all on Disney Plus. Yeah. And uh, so I, I and yeah, I feel like the special edition of this is by far the most sinful. I agree. Like <laughs> yeah. Sin, sin against taste. And it has mystery. one of the worst added scenes like in Jabba's palace. When you have the dancer who gets who falls mm-hmm. in with the raincore in between that scene, they cut in a stupid CG singer that you that isn't speaking any language. You have some other idiot that's singing blah, 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 like a Muppet. Yeah, it's uh, also but it's CG. not a Muppet. It would have been better if it was a Muppet. But it's it would have been. And you have Boba CG Fett Muppet. touching one of the dancers' chin like he's going to kiss her or something just randomly. Yeah. They're like, Boba Fett's cool. Let's make him do that. I'm just and like, it doesn't look uh, right. The armor looks different. The only, not good, the, the only good thing about that, the only good thing is the, the dancer – the Twilight Dancer girl, they they did more scenes of her and they brought back the original actress to do oh, those scenes. Cool. Yeah, I was reading about it that she's like just like she's like an aerobics person that's like in super good shape. So she was able to like just as good 15 years later. And so right. they she's the only she's the only person in uh, to reprise her role in the special editions. It's just not 
it's a really bad scene. It is terrible. It is it's completely it is unnecessary. It doesn't add anything. Like I get the point of it, but I hate well, it. Well, what was the point of it? Is that that's not going to sell toys, right? Nobody's buying like weird alien singer CGI no, toys, not, right? Nobody owned a playset that was like a micro did, machine with that. No, I didn't have that right, at all. No. Did he lose the rights to the song, and so he had to have a new song? Or I think he just Lucas just liked his new CGI toys, and I was watching the original. They look real. The Muppet, when you use a puppet like that, it looks like an actual creature is right. on that stage singing. Yeah. It looks like that could be an actual alien that I'm watching sing. And the CGI looks like a terrible cartoon. My other that, issue, yeah. like my big issue now with Jabba's Palace that I didn't have as a kid is that yeah. none of this makes sense what they're doing. And I have no idea what their plan was. What do you mean? What do you mean doesn't make sense? I think it makes complete sense. What, what do you okay, mean? so his plan is send C-3PO and R2-D2 there and give themselves up. He hides his new lightsaber in R2-D2. Okay. But then Leia goes there with Chewie and gets captured. Yeah, so I think they, the, the deal is, is that they had multiple contingencies going. I think that C-3PO and R2-D2 are there to be their people on the inside. Leia is supposed to try to get in and get out, but she gets caught. I don't think they intended for Leia to get caught. Now, Luke coming in with a blaster, when he could, he could have come in with his lightsaber and gone in, but he maybe knows that he can't take on the like 80 mercenaries in that room. But yeah, I mean, I, I do get it is a little convoluted, but I mean, I think it, it to me, it rang similar to the fun adventure movies that we had in the 80s of, you know, Indiana Jones and stuff like that. It had that kind of like it's a little convoluted and silly, but it's fun and everything kind of logically follows from one thing to the next for the most part to me. I do agree. Their plan is a little baffling. Oh, he didn't he didn't bring a blaster. He takes the blaster. Oh, you're right. Else. You're right. So he comes in unarmed which would indicate that they don't let you in armed. And the only way, I, I guess that actually does make sense because the person that op- that answers the door for you is a robot, is a droid, and he isn't going to be able to Jedi mind trick a droid. And I assume that that droid like scans you and makes sure you're not carrying weapons. But R2-D2 has like, you know, because he's an astromech droid, he has shielding so you can't see that he's got a weapon. Plus, how, what would you know is a weapon versus not a weapon with a droid? I guess. Yeah, he took it apart. Yeah, that, that's kind of my headcanon for why he has to go in there unarmed is he's not going to get through the door without it. Peter, what do you yeah, think? It's, I mean, I agree it's a little convoluted and I don't think it's meant to be scrutinized too closely because there's a lot of yeah. you know coincidences and things that like, well, everything had to happen to go this way. But I, I feel like I agree with Carrie. It's an adventure movie. It's kind of it's like a serial. You know, it's the first part of the three part serial that we're getting in this movie. And, you know, I didn't. Even watching it as an adult, I didn't scrutinize it too closely. Like, I'm like, okay, maybe because I knew what was going to happen. But I'm like, okay, it's like a heist movie. You know, this is the heist gang, and they're all getting together. And the the, the, the gears of the plot or the gears of the plan are going to be solely revealed as as the villains do their thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of liken it to the intros, again, with with uh, Indiana Jones movies, right. which, you know, they're tied together a lot. They're yeah, because they're very deeply tied. But you think about each Indiana Jones movie begins with a, like the first one, I mean, well, they're all somewhat connected to the plot, but it's kind of like a mostly not connected to the plot little intro adventure. And then, you know, introduces us to the character and then it later becomes relevant to the plot. This one is a little less that, but I think it's was going for that similar vibe of we're going to have a fun little adventure at the beginning. And then we're going to get to the main plot of the movie after that fun little adventure. I mean, like how Bond movies do it too. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, Indiana Jones is kind of caping off Bond, so I feel like yeah. this, is, this is the cold open, basically. If there was a tale title long scene. Cold open. Yeah, it's like 40 minutes, and I was I was like, okay, this is this is the longest scene of the movie, and they don't reference it ever again <laughs> once Han is once they're off Tatooine. They don't say yeah, that would like, be that would be my change. Is this yeah. could have been a lot shorter. It also feels like it was just them cleaning up something from the previous thing that they might not like have thought through. <laughs> well, and that is the thing because the reason Han was frozen in carbonite at the end of Empire Strikes Back is because they weren't sure if he was going to come back for Return of the Jedi. Right. Yeah. Like Han Solo wanted to die at the end of Empire Strikes Back, and Lucas like compromised and said, "Well, we'll we'll put you in like we'll freeze you so you can't you know essentially." So like this is their okay. No, Han's coming back. There. Yeah. Go. There's all sorts of. Things. There was there was a you know there was speculation that you know Han Solo was just never going to be seen again, or also he would come back at the very end of Return of the Jedi for like mm-hmm. ten minutes or something. This is all sorts of like which yeah. Harrison Ford would have preferred, I think. He wanted to die in this one too. Yeah, from what I've read, there's so many different stories about it, but basically it boils down to Harrison Ford didn't want to do this, and it kind of shows. I'm sure we'll get there, but you know <laughs> I feel like he's not putting in much effort at all in this movie. Oh, I don't know. I, I love his acting in this movie. I love okay. he's got some of the funniest lines to me. He does have funny lines. I just feel like he, he's he's like the comic relief in this movie almost at times. Yeah, that's what I was when I was watching this movie, I, I just thought it was weird that he was kind of serious in the first one. In the second one he was, you know, borderline between serious and, and funny. And this movie he's just like all funny most like ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I feel yeah. like that's probably the script to some extent. Though. Boba Fett, where's Boba Fett? Yeah, Bo- okay. Where's Boba Fett? <laughs> let's just let's just get in. Let's let's start yeah. with Jabba's palace. Let's start with that. So, so they're I, they're you know droids get there. Yes, I, I love this. I love this little thing where the little eyeball comes out and he's rude to him. Yeah. And and C three PO talking to him in the language and it's funny because it's like C three PO is supposed to be like a translator droid, but he's speaking like someone who's like learned this language from like a guidebook they bought at the airport. <laughs> and he's like. Or to de oa say three pay oa. Yeah, he wasn't designed very well. His forms of creator was only only eight years old. So hey, yeah, yeah. I would I would I'd like to see how much translating he's actually doing in his movies because it feels like he's always bumbling most of the time. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty good with the Ewoks whose language he right. doesn't even fully understand. But it's yeah. But I, I like the thing. Little eyeball droid comes out and then. When they go in and Bit Fortuna gets like kind of like creepy with R two D two. Oh yeah, he's it's... like he's like stroking him. Like, it's like what are you gonna do with this? What are you gonna do with this droid? I love the creepy atmosphere. Is Bit Fortuna that. fucking droids? Yeah, he's just so weird. You don't know what his deal is. Like, is he high? I feel like they're on drugs, right? Oh yeah, a... maybe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm all... assuming they're smuggling. Well, they're all they all got. I mean, it's a it's a criminal empire. Yeah, I mean, Jabba's Jabba's. The Godfather. I think they're all. Oh yeah, Jabba's definitely. You see him smoking up. He's got a hookah. You know, when you see Hogan go, oh, I mean, that's that's definitely that's a sign right there. Yeah, I love the creepy atmosphere of Jabba's palace. You know, even as a as a kid, I thought it was creepy, but I couldn't tear myself away from it. Now, when I'm an adult, I'm like, these are all really cool creatures, and they built like twenty puppets, and some of them are just in the shadows, but they were like they wanted to one up the cantina. That's what I was going to say. It's the cantina scene. It's a a mirror of that cantina scene with so many things in the background, so much atmosphere to it. I just, I really, I really dig it. And then Jabba's got one of my favorite, extremely minor characters, Salacious Crumb. Oh, yeah. 
his giggling little like monkey thing. It looks like the he kind of he kind of looks like um like the devil Muppet from the Muppets. You know what I'm talking about? I think he's um, supposed to be the devil. I don't I'll know. Do, you know. I'll have to Google it. I the, thought he was looking like, like a gremlin. Well, no, gremlin. he does. He does, or he looks like kind of like a fraggle a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. He kind of kind of has some similarities to some of the the Skeksis from the Dark Crystal. It's it's a lot of Henson Company like similar motif. But right. yeah, yeah, I I just I I love Salacious Crumb. Just cracks me up. His little like ah! cackling. <laughs> well, oh, this, I got this, to this, meet yeah. meet the guy who did the voiceover for that. Oh, really? oh you did? Yeah. Oh, he signed uh, our Gremlins Funko Pop. He signed our Gizmo, even though he's like, I didn't do Gizmo, but you'll never meet. I think it was Howard Mandel. He's like, you'll never meet him, so I'll sign it for you. That's was it? It's not Frank Welker. He, it's not him. Is it somebody else? I don't remember. I don't remember the guy's name. Okay. <laughs> just know that on his little booth had something to do with that puppet. I think he did voice, <laughs> okay. or at least he was involved. He was somehow involved with that puppet. Is all I, I know that for sure. That's fine. And he was cool. I can say that. That's good. <laughs> He was nice, but, but yeah, no, I did. I dig this. I dig when C three PO and R two D two go down to the like robot um, butler, like major domo guy, and he's he's like giving them their assignments, and they're they're like oh, yeah. torture. They're torturing that little like they're torturing the droid down there. That there's two of them that are getting tortured. Like one of them is getting something burned on the bottom of his feet, and he's right. screaming. And I'm like, why did they program me to feel pain? Yeah, that's so bizarre. And then the one droid is just getting like ripped apart. Yeah, I love I love the atmosphere to it, and yeah, and then he's like, "We have need of a new translator since our master got angry with the last with our last protocol droid and disintegrated him." Yeah, and then R two D two says something rude to him, probably cusses at him, and he tells him like, "You'll soon learn respect." Right, if I see one, I'm going to make you a bartender on the master's sail yes. bar. Yeah, well, he says, "I have need of you on the master's sail bar," yeah. and then then later we find him. It's like. He's an astromech droid. It's got to be useful for more than that. But it's, it's I feel like, like you a, would have it's a punishment. Have a bar- yeah, as I guess the punishment. Yeah, but yeah. You're a bartender. Wait, but again, not, my issue it's is the worst if, design for a bartender. It's a round top. You don't want. You're gonna if be. If they didn't drink. put him on that ship and everything didn't happen the way it happened, the movie just would end it. They would have just. I, mean, I mean, you're right. If they put, they even say we're gonna put a restraining bolt, but then they they don't. I guess because RTD2 is able to do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe I mean, maybe he knew how it was ineffective. Like Java's wasn't working with the best equipment, so you know. Well, all right, I, may, maybe there's some kind of countermeasure for that. Yeah. that but uh, yeah, and technically they don't say the the guy says fit him with a restraining bolt and referring to C3PO. He never says it for R2D2, but he he would do it for R2D2 because R2D2 is the one that's being insubordinate. So yeah, there's yeah. If you start picking it apart, you're like, oh, this doesn't make sense, and you're right. Luke's plan did depend on R2-D2 being on the sail barge and being able to get up on the upper deck of the sail barge. But that's his backup plan, I guess. Well, I don't know what plan. I don't know. I don't know. Was the original plan for R2-D2 to give him a lightsaber in the throne room, or was it? So I don't I mean, know. In the throne room, like, he fails miserably. Like I feel like his plan was to come in there and go, you will release my friends. And then when he John goes, oh, won't work on me. Like, he's like, oh, is... He just fails. And then backup is I'm just going to steal a blaster and try to shoot him while I'm surrounded by all these people who could easily shoot me in the back. Yeah, Yeah. it doesn't. That part, I agree. Luke's definitely being overconfident here. He's, you know, he's in over his head. And when he gets to the rancor, he knows he's in over his head. He's like, oh, crap. I shouldn't have done this. 
I mean, he still yeah, succeeds, and, but it's barely. And barely I guess I didn't realize the stupidity of how he beats the Rancor. I don't think it's stupid. As like, it's, it's innovative. Yeah. He what, What's stupid about it? Do you just mean it like it's like he doesn't beat him through brawn? He just kind of uses the environment against him. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, we lose Mike. Yeah, my, Mike. Mike withdrew in shame. Oh no! From his from his Rancor talk. Yeah. Well, let's. We, we are we going to keep going. I don't. I don't know if he's still rec- uh, recording. Uh, he's going to have to edit all this out. He will. I would say I like. I like the. I like that because he has to use his brains to beat it. Yeah. The thing. The thing that I that always struck me a bit where I was like, well, that I I, I would have liked better is if he force pushed the the button instead. Yeah. He like picks up a a, a convenient rock and throws it. For and, a skull. It's a skull. Oh, oh it's a skull. Yeah. You're Okay, so you mentioned that you didn't like the Rancor. If this sounds a little weird... No, no, no. You said you didn't. <laughs> you we you liked it. Yeah. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. I actually don't even know what we... Because we had a little bit of issues. So just in case that, depending on what you hear, uh, Skype decided to cut out on me. I had to restart my entire computer, and Skype decided, like, oh, since the host is gone, we're not going to record anymore, which is not how Skype works normally. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Peter and I were talking about his excellent book, The Fifth Civilization, on Amazon now. Okay, if that's um, on there, I'm going to leave all that in the in in the cut if it didn't get cut. But, but uh, that, when you dropped, Peter and I were saying we do like the ranker fight because he has to use his brains to beat the ranker. He doesn't force choke the ranker. He doesn't just beat it down. He has to, you know, think quickly. You know, he puts that bone in its in its mouth to stop it from biting him, and he he throws the skull and hits the button just right, that's, which he would be able to do. What was the issue? Anybody could have done that. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, he I think anybody could have gotten lucky and done that. Did do we? Yeah, that's a question. Do you think he used the force? No, to- I think he just. Well, again, my other issue with it is that you're going to go into a heist. You're going to go sneak in here to rescue your friend and take out a fucking crime lord. You may maybe you should have like you should plan in place. Not like it feels so haphazard. Like he has no idea what he's doing in well, this he's- part. He's like 21 years old and a farmer. It's like 21 year old farmer with, who's like trained as like a Kung Fu monk for maybe like eight months of his life and been in a couple of star battle star fights. Like I don't, ex- I mean, he made a mistake. He should have researched it and known that Java keeps this ranker and not to stand on top of the ranker cage, but he didn't, he didn't know. Yeah. I get my other issue with it is just the fact that like he's, I just felt like I wanted to see him use like his powers that what something that made him special to why he survived this, not just he stuck a bone in him in, in his mouth. Well, but I, I guess my, my point with that would be that if he can just use the force to get out of everything, that's kind of the problem with the prequels is we don't see yeah. characters actually having to struggle and use their brains. We see characters just swinging their lightsabers super fast and, you know, but I did, I, I did say that I would have liked to have seen him force push the button at least yeah. or something special. Yeah, that would something have been it. But, that. but I, I still like that. He's able to do it without the, like he doesn't need the force because he's, he has, he, he's smart and he thinks, well, maybe he's not smart, but he thinks in the moment he thinks on his feet. Yeah, I guess. So it, we say it's something anyone could have done, but I mean, not anyone because the guy that falls down there with him gets eaten. Cause he's I think, stupid. I think it's something Indiana Jones could have done. It's something James Bond could have done. Yeah, I also felt like the reason that like having that other pig fall down worked as a distraction for him to kind of deal with the situation because he was busy having breakfast before he went on yeah. for lunch. So I like I, I like that the pig falls down there too because he's like what 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 what, what? 
you could see him like kind of like flap like fl- flailing as he falls down. He was just standing too close. Yeah. And I, and I like when the the ranker keeper comes in. He just cries. He, he starts crying. It's a beautiful moment. It's and, a and very I don't, human moment. I don't recall. And the special edition is it incredibly clear that he's standing in front of a green screen or a blue screen? I don't think so. Uh, in the original theatrical cut, he it is like he's it's almost like he's standing in front of a projection screen it's, of the ranker. It's it it does not look good. Yeah, uh, and, when when the guy comes in, I mean, when the yeah, when keeper the, when comes the keeper, in, I yeah. as and it's cleaned up and Disney Plus and the you know Blu-ray or whatever. It's definitely cleaned up. If you're if you're looking for it, you'll see it. But if you're just a uh, casual viewer, you probably won't notice. Yeah, in the in the theatrical cut, it's like. Yeah, night and day, like they're not lit at all the same. And I was thinking, because I was thinking, I was like, if you made this movie now, he would walk up and put his hand on the ranker's head, right? And like kind of stroke him or something and start crying. But instead, he walks kind of, he stands like five feet from the ranker and turns around and starts crying. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so I always yeah. like that. I just like the, the the big chubby guy like crying, and the other the like gorilla man alien comes in and, and kind of. Pats him on the shoulder. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's like some humanism. Yeah. It's like not everybody here is like you know pure evil. Like there is someone who cared for the ranker and loved it. Yeah. It's a it's a nice touch, and it didn't have to be in there, but the fact that it's in there is 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 nice. Yeah. And then I was like, when I was a teenager, reading the Star Wars books that are all non-canon now, the courtship of Princess Leia when they introduce Dathomir to the Star Wars universe, which is still. Canon, they you know they talk about the rankers there being like fifty feet tall, and Luke realizes that the ranker at Jabba's palace was a baby, <laughs> and I think that they've kept that to be true to to be canon still. I think even in Book of Boba Fett, they said it was a juvenile ranker, right? Yeah, they make a comment about it. Yeah, yeah, they made it canon again. I think but... da- Danny Trejo says that it. I think it's right. Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't need to be in that, yeah. Yeah. that yeah. show? Yeah. We'll do an episode all about that show, please. Yeah. So anyway, um, I love when, uh, by the way, we skipped it, but when Chewie gets caught, that's when we get the reveal about where, when Chewie gets brought in, or no, no, when is it that that uh, Jabba says, I like Captain Solo just right where he is, and he points to him hanging on the wall? Right after the hologram. Right, yeah, right after the hologram, the, that's right. Yeah. I think I missed, okay, I missed parts of this movie, like, it's not at this part, but when they get to the Sarlacc pit, is it still in the movie where he's where C3PO says, You will die a horrible death and be digested over thousands of years? Yes. Yeah. In the palace, he says that. Okay, I completely yeah. missed that because I wasn't says, paying attention. He, he says that, yeah, when they're being sentenced in the palace. Okay, uh, after, I was somewhere after, else. After Leia, I think after Leia gets caught. That yeah, also after, bothered me. After the Rancor, yeah. Yeah, they, it's when they get brought up after the Rancor battle and they okay. get sentenced. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Makes right. sense because I wasn't paying attention because I was like, <laughs> We, we did that, by the way. Leia coming in disguised as a very right. short bounty hunter, and he pulls out the thermal detonator, and everyone's like afraid. Boba Fett like points a gun at her, yeah. and then Jabba starts laughing and goes, "Oh, oh, oh! This bounty hunter is my kind of scum." Yeah, I it's, love that. It's great because he's you know he's a he's a gangster. He's like he respects uh respects the bold gangster move. Yeah, and then and and then they um. In uh, Shadows of the Empire, they explain where she got the costume. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know if Shadows of the Empire is still canon. Is it? No, 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 no it's, it's too not. bad. But it will be when they make a film about it at some point. Say, say what? There's nothing that contradicts film. it. Nothing that contradicts it. So we but can right still think she she got it. She got it from that uh, that one gangster's um, citadel. 
That's a whole other story, but uh, yeah, it's a whole other story. But, but and I meant the book, not the, <laughs> the video game. Does not explain this. The book no, they don't. Um, but, I know we we briefly talked about it, but if you if you want a swinging '80s musical number, you should go to YouTube and watch Lapti Neck, the original. Yes. Before they put in Jedi Rocks, they had a had a sleazy '80s exercise type tune in there, and I thought it was, it was a ba- it was a banger. I was yeah. listening to it, and I was I was reading that. You know John Woy- uh, John Williams, the composer of all of of all eighties movie music ever, including Star Wars. Uh, his son, I didn't realize Joseph Williams. He's the lead singer of Toto, right? Yeah, and he helped compose some of the music for this movie. And I'm I'm wondering if that was a Toto song right there. Huh. It probably was early. You know, they were yeah. getting the beats down, and they're like, "Oh, this is the formation of something." But yeah, Lucky Neck. I was watching it last night, and I think I went into our chat, and I was like, "This is a banger." Y'all are right. missing out. I loved it. Like I love it. And 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 uh, the the green Twi'lek girl is dancing, and Jabba decides he wants to. Man, I don't want to know what Jabba does to pretty scantily clad girls, but it can't be good. He starts dragging her toward him, and she's like, "Nope, I'd rather die." I mean, I want to make a comment, but I don't know if I want to make that comment. Oh. And I think you know what, my show, I can do what I want. I'm going to make the comment. In the words of someone that I that should not have been president grab them by the you know that's that's what i thought because java yeah, but, and Trump but in, Hutt- but in are the same person at times something so. regarding something okay. regarding poodoo yeah that's what i thought of like when i watched this movie this time i remember there being memes that went around of making trump into job of the hut and i'm like okay that, that yeah works. fair it's a fair unfair to job of the hut but uh it is yeah, yeah, say, smart. yeah job, of the, job, job of the hut at least you know, he pays his workers but uh <laughs> But no, I, I, I do. I really like the Princess Leia sneaking in thing. And yeah, Lofty Neck is great. I mean, I really just love the whole Jabba's Palace thing. I've never really thought super critically about it. And you're right, Luke's plan doesn't make very much sense. But, you know, I kind of, I think we, a lot of like the time with movies, we it's we can forgive the plot not really making a lot of sense or people's plans not making a lot of sense if it gives us like some fun little scenes. Yeah. I really like the pit of Carcoon or the Sarlacc pit and everything. Yeah. When I was a kid, I really loved that battle and I still love it today. I think the music is really great. Like it's a banger, yes. Yes. The banger background scoring and it's just all these acrobatic stuff. You know, it just, it just makes me smile when I watch it. Yeah. And we get our, what was my, my first fun line from, uh, from Han Solo where, where Luke is like, I used to live here, you know, and Han Solo looks at me and goes, you're going to die here, you know? Yeah. That's great. That is a good well, one. They really did give him a lot of comedic, comedic stuff in this. Like, I guess yeah, I didn't really a, realize there's it. There's a ton of comedy in this movie, like more so than the other, the other yeah. two. I mean, I just, I guess my part of my issue was that this whole, to me, I was just bored. I was one, I was bored during this part. I wasn't entertained like I normally am with stuff. Like, this just kind of bored me. Like, you mean, and the, I mean, like, again, it felt very much like a kid's movie. Here you have Leia in this. You know, scantily clad bikini outfit, slave outfit. Oh, man. Like that that was uh that 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 slave <laughs> Leia outfit was very important to me as, as a teenager. Well many, I uh, many people. Still I also is. know that figure was rare as hell in the power of the force set, I think mm-hmm. is what it was. Yeah. It was a, I remember that being a rare figure. My friend had the entire set and I mean he had a hard time finding Leia in slave gear. Yeah. And I was still younger, so I didn't care. Oh, but uh, before we move on from the I do need to say I have a story. So the Rancor part, when I was nine or ten years old, I went to Peter's birthday party and we saw 
the special edition of Return of the Jedi in theaters. And I remember young Mike was terrified because I knew the movie, of course, I've seen it on TV. I was terrified of the Rancor in theaters. So I stayed out of the theater until after the Rancor part happened. And I wouldn't come in. I have a very vague memory of that. Yes, <laughs> I don't remember a whole lot. I just remember being scared sitting outside and not wanting to come. <laughs> I, I didn't do, want to see the uh, rancor. I remember more of when we were watching Jurassic Park. You refused to see when the lawyer was eaten. You left the room. <laughs> I went outside you're, the backyard. Yeah. You're like, I'm not going to watch this part. So it, it tracks. It tracks. You know, it's okay. It's it's an intense scene. In fact, if you look at the poster, I think it does say like some scenes may be too intense for young children on the on the, yeah, on the Star Wars poster. I think it's fine. I try. I try. My son really liked Jurassic World, so I tried to show him Jurassic Park when he was eight or nine. And he thought it was too scary for him. We didn't even get that far in it. So Jurassic Park is scary. This isn't scary. I was just I didn't like theaters as a kid at that point. Oh, okay. So that was a big oh, like I had no problem with it on the regular TV, but on the big screen it was just too much for me at the time. Now I, not scary. But yeah, well, we have new horrors to look forward to. Anyway. Yeah. So, so the sail yeah. barge. I, I had the micro machine of the sail barge. It's it's not oh. a very exciting looking <laughs> micro machine, but <laughs> I, 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 I do I do have it. The sale barge part just felt so much like a, like, let's sell toys. And I just don't, like, I don't care for it because his whole plan, everything could have failed if they just decided to, instead of letting him jump off his own, why don't we just shoot him into the hole? Why don't we just shoot him in the leg? Why don't we just stab him? Like, no, we're going to make him walk the plank like we're pirates. Like, well, I mean, again, it's it's a it's yeah, a fun action, I know. But, but also that was Jabba's whole thing is he wants to throw these people in alive and make them die from being digested. Unless you have unless you have Mandalorian armor on, then you're okay. Yeah, well, that again, that wasn't the original plan. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, I guess this part to me was cool, but it, like it bothers me that Boba Fett does nothing. He flies over, he ties up Luke. And then he gets hit. I mean, and that's pretty much all he does. Like, he I, mean, hit, I mean, you shouldn't do much better than that against a Jedi, but I, I hear you. Mandalorians are designed to kill Jedi. Well, I mean, according to current stuff, Mandalorian yeah, exactly. wasn't a okay. word when this was made. We can't judge these movies by what later stuff yeah. came up. Okay. Is my is my contention. No, you're like, right. There's I don't, I don't no such just... thing as a there's no such thing as a Mandalorian when this movie came out. <laughs> he was just a he was just a bounty hunter with cool looking armor. That only yeah. covers his arms and chest and head. I, I think he did pretty good against somebody with a lightsaber. Um, he should have used his flamethrower. He would have won. <laughs> yeah, he should have used his flamethrower. But, um, I mean, he also just got unlucky. Yeah. If uh, he, if he had gotten hit with a pike in his jetpack, he, he would probably be okay. <laughs> Which and led, led to some uninspired uh, sci-fi writers later claiming that Han Solo has a secondary kind of power called luck. What Jeez. the hell? You're not there's kidding, a, you? In the expanded universe, there's a whole thing <laughs> that there's a there is a resource similar to the Force called luck. Some people have more of it than others. There is a guy in the cantina scene in the first movie, and his backstory is that he is a luck vampire, and he was eyeing our, um, Han Solo to drain his luck because he'd never seen a creature of more luck. That's... Uh, yeah. I'm the glad they made that down canon. Then. That's yes. terrible. The expanded universe sometimes got very dumb. Right. But uh, I, I read that guy's backstory. I had the character guide when I was a teenager that had like every random minor character you could think of and their whole backstory of where they're from and all that. And that was that guy. The explosion of the sail barge is, is brilliant. You know, I think they built like a kind of scale model or whatever. But oh, they it's did, probably yeah. the best explosion of the movie, I feel like, because that's that looks, it looks, looks so real. real. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that is that is yeah. the thing. It looks real because it is real. That's what I love. That's what I love <laughs> about these old movies yeah. is they actually did the stuff. They built these amazingly detailed, incredibly expensive scale models, and then they actually literally blew them to pieces yeah. with explosives. And so it looks so good. It looks so much better than that's why as if you watch the special edition, like some of the explosions look a little too clean. I don't know how to put it, but yeah, no, you know, you're not wrong. It did look clean. I mean, I liked yeah. it, but I, I only but, really know the special edition of these movies. So it's like, I just, I just love this. It is very much like a pirate. It, it is Errol Flynn, you know, Robin hood swinging around, jumping around stuff. I, I love it where he jumps up in the air, catches the lightsaber, comes down, yeah. just starts murking people. I mean, Luke kills like 15 people. Right. But it, it's kind of funny because it appears that when a lightsaber hits you, it's like being hit with like a stun baton. Yeah, it doesn't. No, no injuries. No injuries. No decapitations. He's, he's. I mean, he's full swinging into people like into their chest and their their arms and heads and they're just going flying from him. So he had his he had his lightsaber set to stun. But, <laughs> but still, it's fun. And, and yeah, like. Boba Fett gets in. I remember when I watched this the very first time, my two friends that I was with, I, I mentioned in the Empire episode, they were like convinced that Han Solo could use Luke's lightsaber because Han Solo secretly has the force because kids just make up weird yeah. stuff like that. And when this happened, when when Han Solo's down there and and Chewie says something to him and he goes, Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? Where is Boba they, Fett? They said... They said, no, see, he said, rocket pack, rocket pack, where? Oh, and I'm like, no, I don't think he's saying rocket pack. No, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the rumors of the schoolyard. Yeah. But, <sighs> but yeah, I, I like that. And the Boba Fett is just so ignominiously just done, done away with. Right. And I was reading, like, Lucas just didn't realize how popular Boba Fett was at that point. He didn't yeah. realize, he didn't realize it, like, or else he, he said he would have given him, like, a better death in an interview he had later. Okay. Well, maybe, you know, he should have hated it. I mean, yeah, I thought it could have been a little better, but then you think, like, in Attack of the Clones, Jango Fett gets a really cool fight scene with Obi-Wan, but then the next time we see Jango Fett, he just gets, you know, I mean, Mace Windu just casually cuts his head off like it's nothing. It runs in the family, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like, eventually, you're just going to go down, go down. But anyway, I I love Leia and her just perfect costume choking Jabba to death. Right, yeah. I love that idea of that Leia rescues herself. She just needed a distraction. Yeah. I do too, because they needed to do something to make her better than what she was being. Yeah, and well, and the thing is, is it's interesting because in the first movie, she is a straight-up badass, right? Yeah. She's just a straight-up badass. Um, and in the second movie, she doesn't really have a lot to do she isn't really involved in any action whatsoever in the entire movie. And she is just kind of the damsel in distress a little bit in that. And in this one, yeah, she gets to actually, she, I mean, she kills the bad guy. And then later she, she takes out several stormtroopers later in the movie. And yeah, you know, so I, I like that. I was reading like a thing um, that she um, had complained about her costuming in the first two movies, especially the second one that, she felt like she was being dressed up like a man. And so, yeah, so well, we're just like, learn. well, wait, wait till the third movie. <laughs> we got something and for you. That this, co- this costume, they, uh, it didn't fit quite right. So they had, uh, lots, they had to do lots of takes because she kept uh, falling out of it. That makes sense. We have to keep it PG. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's something for PG, but yeah, I, I like that. She chokes him out. <laughs> when they turn to C3PO and Salacious Crumb is like eating his eyeball. <laughs> okay, that was good. Yeah. Oh, it just didn't do it for I don't know. I just I wasn't as happy with the I remember loving this part as a kid and I just wasn't really into it this time with everything with, with the ship and just in general. Like I actually enjoyed the movie more once Luke once they split up and they go back to command and Luke goes to go see Yoda, which I don't care about Yoda at all in this movie. Well, Yoda wasn't Yoda wasn't originally going to be in it. They brought him. They kind of broke that in kind of last minute. I, I like that scene though. I think I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, I'm I'm working up the courage to. It's not about the pain, about the money to get my next tattoo, and it's it's going to be a Yoda quote, the one from Empire, not from this one. But I watched the Yoda scene. I, I watched it over and over this time. I watched it like four times to catch like every word. Cause like, and, and it, it made me tear up. Like Yoda was like really important to me as a kid. Still is actually. But yeah. I was going to say um, one last thing about the sail barge scene. Yes. Um, Luke gets distracted and he gets shot in the hand. Yes. Um, could easily have just gotten shot in the back of the head. Cause that guy could have had a clear shot on him and then just randomly shot him in the hand. But that's so that that is for a payoff later. So I, I, I thought that it, that's important. He, they established that. They need to remind us, hey, he's got a robot hand because of a very important scene we'll talk about in right. probably like an hour from now. But okay. um, but yeah, so then, yeah, they split up. They go they go to Dagobah. Uh, Luke goes to Dagobah. Um, and and yeah, we get this this we get Yoda. Yoda dies. The only Jedi who dies a nonviolent death in all of the Star Wars movies. Yeah. <laughs> Except for, well, kind of Luke, but kind of not. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, Luke, like, burns himself out with the Force. I guess that's not necessarily violent, but... He does it to do something to fight someone in a way. Yeah, kind of. So, yeah, but other than that, yeah, he's, like, the only... He just dies of, I guess, old age. Yeah, he's 800. He makes comment how old he is, like, 800 years old or something. 900. When 900 years old you reach, see how... Uh, look as good you will not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great line. See, he's still it got is. some zingers in him. He's still got some zingers, and... But yeah, he confirms he confirms that um, Vader is Luke's father. Yeah, he 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 tells him like you know you're not a Jedi until you've confronted Darth Vader. That's kind of your final test. You've got to confront him. And they, uh, I like this like this thing. He says it's unfortunate. And Luke Luke is like, what? It's unfortunate that I know the truth. And he's like, it's unfortunate that you have to face him in spite of knowing the truth. Like it would have been better if you could have faced Vader without realizing because. As far as they know, Luke's got to kill Vader, and it's like that's got to be hard now that you know it's, it's your father. That complicates things for you. I, I like that whole thing. And then he confirms he he drops that there's another Skywalker right as he's dying, and that brings us kind of one of the real big behind the scenes things with these movies. So after the first movie, or maybe after the second movie, Lucas no, it was after the first. Lucas had decided he wanted to make three trilogies. We want to make this trilogy about Luke and Han and Leia and all that and Darth Vader. We want to make a prequel trilogy about Obi-Wan and Anakin. And he wanted to make a sequel trilogy about Luke going off and searching for his long lost twin sister, Nell Skywalker. And after the chaos of trying to make Empire Strikes Back and his wife, he and his wife getting divorced partially because of it, he decided, I'm done with Star Wars. We're going to nip this in the bud here. And so we're just going to say Leia's the sister, but that was never that was never his intention. 
Okay. It was kind of like I can nip, I can nip it in the bud right here. We can nip it because we let we set up at the near the end of Empire Strikes Back. Yoda says no, there is another. Yeah. So we've confirmed that there's another sky or there's another Jedi potentially, and then we've also set up this love triangle, you know, with Luke, Leia, and Han. Where obviously Leia and Han are the ones going to end up, but there's still this third person. This nips both of those plots right there. It's like nope, it's Leia. She's the twin sister. So that she's the other Skywalker, and now there's no love triangle to worry about. And a lot of people didn't like that. I mean, I think it works. I think it works just fine. It does introduce some issues later when they add more stuff in, like which I think you know we've discussed with the Obi Wan series. Yeah, you know she's she's over here. I, I don't know. It, it does introduce some potential plot, not necessarily holes, but inconsistencies with new things they put out. But I think at the time. It was it was a good way to do it, but I also kind of would have liked to see this tr- sequel trilogy about Nell Skywalker. Yeah, I would have. I would have. I think that would have been more interesting than what we got. So, or is it Nell Peter or is it Nella? I don't like remember that? the exact name. Yeah, I think it's Nell. Nell, Nell or Nella, but I never but, knew this. Yeah, I do know. I mean, the the thing of Leia becoming a sister was definitely something that was just added to this movie. I was not. It was not in any of the other two movies. There's no hint of it, and there's no... I don't think there's any, you know, evidence that Lucas, you know, was writing it that way. You can see mm. it. If you look at it retroactively, you can see it in kind of Empire Strikes Back. You can see some of that in there, but there's no... There's no evidence that Lucas was planning that. So, so yeah. I, I feel like the only seats of it are... we've. He definitely planned for there to be a twin, or yeah. another another Skywalker, or at least another potential Jedi. He definitely yeah. planned on that, because... Yoda says, no, there's another, whatever, right, exactly. Luke needs to think about. And then the only thing that I think kind of makes it maybe a seed of it is that when Luke is trying to speak to Obi-Wan, Leia's the one who can hear right. him calling for help. Yeah, I do think that, I mean, that certainly is evidence that that 2v2, that could be the heir too, yeah. And then certainly, yeah, when you look at it, if you know that they're brother and sister, then you say, oh, that's why. You know? Yeah, okay. And they are both, they are the same age ish, right? Like Luke is supposed to be like an older teenager, probably about eighteen. I mean, Carrie Fisher was eighteen when they made the first Star Wars movie. Yeah. So it, it fits that they would be this. They they could be twins. Also, I think. Yeah, the reason I don't think because I think in first drafts of this Return of the Jedi, like there was like there were other planets they go to, and I think Han Solo's they go find Han Solo's father or something like that. Yeah. Like there's, they're like I mean, Nell Nel Skywalker is. The original draft, I mean, Nell Skywalker is mentioned, I mean, at the end of the there movie. Like, the original ending is Luke is going to go off to find Nell. Yeah. That's how the movie, that's the original ending. So, I mean, it's it's for sure that Leia was not yeah. planning to be the sister. That's that's confirmed. Right. But, but uh, yeah, the original ending was Luke was going to um, walk off into the sunset in search of, was going to ride off into the sunset, so to speak, in search of his sister. But I think it works. I think it, it works. We get, so we get Obi-Wan back. Right. And I do like that Luke is mad at him for saying, yeah, why didn't you tell be. me? He's like, well, I did kind of tell you from a certain, from point, a certain of point of view. Uh, that, from a certain point of view. And like, you can no. tell Luke is not like Luke is not convinced. Like <laughs> all, I, all I could think of was, well, he that's what he said to me. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, from the, yeah, roll you on. That's all I could think uh, of. Yeah. In that the was, um, that was rough. I read the so in preparation for this, I kind of read through the Return of the Jedi novelization. Oh, and yeah. they, they cut out, I don't know if this is in the script, but it's definitely in the book, where Obi-Wan tells him more about how Darth Vader came to be. And he says, they, we had a fight, 
over the force and Obi or and, and Anakin fell into a Bolton pit. And when he crawled out, he was more, you know, he was a shell of his former self. And uh, oh, I wow. think so that's in the novelization. I think that's the origin of the idea that, you know, Darth Vader fell into lava and that's okay. how he got that way. So that's, you know, whether or not that was Lucas who did it or the Lucas who planned it out or the novelist who put that in there, he must have gotten approval. But that's interesting. That's where that first came about. And then he mentions that he took him to Tatooine to be with his brother, Owen. So at least in the original, and I don't know if that's, you know... Oh, that Owen was supposed to be his brother? But Owen Lars was supposed to be Obi-Wan's brother. I don't know if they... Oh, Obi-Wan's brother. Yeah. Oh, that would have been been a thousand times better. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, like, everything would be better if they had not made the Phantom Menace, honestly, or if they made it way differently. Oh, I can't wait till we talk about that. Yeah, because that that makes so much because that is, I feel like, one of the biggest plot holes introduced by the Phantom Menace of many, many plot holes that introduces to the the series is the idea of like you're going to hide this kid by bringing him to his brother-in-law to to be raised by his brother-in-law or his step-brother-in-law. It would would definitely make more sense to be like, oh, Obi-Wan's like, I've got this brother who's a farmer on this planet way out there. He'll live with him and no one will ever look there because no one ever go to Tatooine because it sucks. (laughs) <laughs> it's like if if Anakin had any reason to think the twins were alive then that would be the I mean I guess technically you wouldn't look because you would think no one would be stupid enough to hide him with my own family so I guess you know, he'd at least send an operative there or something maybe yeah I would have sent a probe droid or something but I don't know but anyway um yeah I didn't that's that's interesting I do think it's better not knowing that less is more with things like this Right. Yeah. We don't need to hear that he fell into a molten pit and was burned, and that's why he has the breathing thing. No, it's fine. Something happened to him, obviously. Yeah. That's that's enough. We know that something happened to him to where he, he's got a bunch of scars and stuff, and he has to wear like a breathing apparatus. Yeah. And you know, if he's he, not wearing the breathing apparatus, he has to be in a giant egg. That's yeah. all we need to know. If he, now, if he had said, oh, we fought on a giant floating platform in a lava pit with all these other droids, and, you know, we kept hopping from. <laughs> and I, t- I told him not to do it that I had the high ground but he didn't listen <laughs> right. yeah. then we would say okay maybe this is Obi-Wan you're kind of rambling a bit but yeah anyway. yeah, and I, I, I just, and then, well, yeah I just so, thought it was an interesting tweet oh. yeah yeah that is interesting so, so Obi-Wan confirms that Leia's the sister right yeah Luke just, Luke just kind of it just guesses it yeah, who's well, the only other woman I've I've met? Yes, uh, he's like, yeah, who's <laughs> there's who's a the meme only woman I've met in this entire series. <laughs> there's a meme from Lego Star Wars that has that or something like he's like, ah, better we must do next time because he's like, it's, she's the only woman around here. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll say it's like, well, let's see, there's only one other female character with a speaking part in the entire movie. It's not Amperu, and then, you know, he hasn't met Mon Mothma yet, so... Yeah, he hasn't met Mon Mothma, exactly. <laughs> she's a little, Plus, she's older, so, right. yeah. I mean, unless it was that dancing Twi'lek girl, but we don't, you know, <laughs> we're not the same species, so it's not her. So, yeah, the only human woman of my age in the entire trilogy ever. Guess that's who it would have to be. <laughs> right, yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah, that is funny. I never really thought about that, but she... It is... Uh, it is a product of the time. That's right, why yeah. And I'll say, you know, like, I try to find something good about all the Star Wars movies, even the ones I don't like. And Ray is one of my favorite things about the sequel trilogy. Um, I, I think that was a good move. So, yeah. And, it really, right. and, he, and that was right. Luke's original, I mean, the original uh, 
like story draft for uh, Star Wars was Luke was going to be a, a girl, right? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I thought it was supposed to be like a George. I thought it was always supposed to be like George Lucas because it's Luke S. You know. Yeah. Lucas. Well, I, I think that the original original idea was Han Solo is going to be the main character, and mm-hmm. then Luke and Leia were combined as one character. It was going to be oh. the princess is a Jedi is going to become a Jedi. It was the original idea back when he was like very first coming up with the idea of Star Wars. I know that 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 Luke was going to be female originally, but, and I, I think it was just Luke and Leia were going to be the same character, but, but anyway, but anyway, yeah. Um, so anyway, so we get that. And then we find out Luke's plan is that he, he wants to try to bring Anakin Skywalker back to the light side. And Obi-Wan is just convinced like, nope, that's not going to work. No, we've already lost. If you're not willing to kill him, it's like, I didn't, I, I, didn't tra- I didn't train you for peace. I trained you to kill people. When I fought him on that rock planet and he threw a bunch of rocks on me, I knew that it was, <laughs> it was, that was I knew it. that it was impossible. I tried again, but it didn't work. No, he doesn't say that. Yeah, he's it's like Luke is the only one who can you know, even Leia tells him later, you know, even kind of Leia's skeptical later. So Luke's the only one who believes in Anakin. In this yeah. Movie. But I think that's also I love the the message of this movie. I love that 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 is like really like the light side is, you know, hope and forgiveness and not violence like he goes he goes to vader unarmed you know yeah and and because he wants he believes that you know that there can still be good in him and i think i think it makes a little sense i I think you can make it make sense in the story if you think about it like because when they fought on that bridge vader didn't want to kill him vader's like you know you you can join me and we can we can kill the emperor and then we can rule the galaxy. I talked about this in our Empire episode that mm-hmm. I think Vader might have been able to convince Luke if he had told him, or he might have had a better chance if he had told him we can make things better. We can do a we can we can we can create a a, a, a just empire, a fair empire. But he he was still too into the dark side for that at that point. Yeah, but I think that you know the fact that Vader didn't kill him, that he tried to get him on his side, tried to get him to come peacefully, and all that. I think that also gives Luke a little bit of, he's probably spent, you know, I, I personally, I don't know. I think it's only supposed, this is only supposed to be like six months after Empire Strikes Back, but I kind of like to think of it as being like a couple of years. It's one year after Empire Strikes Back. It's one year. So he's had like a year to think about this, to think about that Vader's his father. What does that mean? What, you know, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's, but I like it. I, I like, I like that Luke wants to try to do things peacefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so from there we go to uh, the Rebel fleet, and it looks awesome. I just right. like I just kept like pausing it and looking at all these beautiful, beautifully modeled ships, the Mon right. Calamari star cruisers of all their like bulbous curves and stuff, because they're they're like crustaceans, you know. Mm-hmm. And then like the um, the medical frigate that we saw in Empire Strikes Back, and how it, it's so cool looking and looks like a giant, you know, ha- like skyscraper floating in space almost, and. And we see like the we see a rebel we see a blockade runner like the Tannin Five yeah. from from the original and all that. And then we we get Mon Mothma comes in and gives them the briefing on the the new Death Star. Yeah. Uh, the, well, she uh, comes uh, and, and Akbar. Yeah, Admiral Akbar. They don't. It's interesting they don't name Mon Mothma. That's just like they don't oh, say, yeah. "Oh, here's the leader of the Alliance, Mon Mothma." They just kind of say, "Oh, you kind of get it." Like, yeah, she's the first. She comes in and says the stuff, and it, it, that's funny. They don't name. There's a lot of people they don't name. The Ewoks, yeah. for instance, the Ewoks word Ewok, 
Yeah. Ewok is not in this movie. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Nope. The word Ewok huh. is never uttered in, in the movies. It, it, we got that from the toys. And it's also in those yeah. TV movies that I well, watched yeah. one of them. Yes, but I think the toys first introduced it. That makes sense. Again, like, like they, I said, they, this is self But But yeah, um, we got some better CGI now for the, the hologram. They've, yeah, that, they've upgraded. Uh, as, I think that was the first, it was one of the first, well, Pixar used to be part of Lucasfilm. And right. I think that was Pixar, whatever became Pixar. One of the did, first did effects that, that they graphics, ever did. Yeah. yeah, Along with Wrath of the, the Genesis Planet there. So this is one yeah. of the first effects they did. And it looks... It looks pretty good. It's a very simple effect, but it doesn't look too fake for the time. It looks, it, honestly, it looks like this is as good as we could do now, probably, with a yeah. hologram. Yeah. I, I think well, so. It looks, yeah. like today it would look, probably they put more bells and whistles and like things on it, but I think for a schematic, yeah, it's pretty. I think it looks really good. Yeah. Um, and uh, they keep, I also noticed um, Amr Akbar, um, I think they must have done multiple takes and stitched it together with his voiceover. I'm sure because he he says forest moon of indoor over and over again. He says it three times. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps referring. He doesn't ever call it indoor or the moon. He calls it the forest moon of indoor, blah, 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 blah. The forest moon of indoor. Did it. Yeah, you know, the should, forest moon of indoor. You should do that in the first introduction and then not yeah. do that more times. But yeah, so, they definitely there was editing going on there. But yeah, I like that whole thing. And we get yeah. that Lando is going to lead the attack. And then mm-hmm. they're like, "When we need commandos to land on the forest moon of Endor to take out the shield generator on the forest moon of Endor," and and Leia's like, "What are who they got to lead that?" And it's like, "General Solo, is your team ready?" <laughs> yeah, like, and he just gets he gets all his friends together. So yeah, you know, Luke comes back in now. Yeah, because that's what you do, right? You're gonna Luke's go on a mission. There. Dude just walked in. And he's like, "Okay, you get to be on this commando mission." And, and like and we see, uh, Wedge Antilles is there, and yeah. he's the the only X wing pilot to survive all three movies, other than Luke. Yeah, they get. Yeah, it's interesting. They definitely put they make Wedge front and center more because they yeah. give him a lot of lines. Yeah, and well, he's he's, really he's red leader. Player. He's red leader now, right? In this one. Yes. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good. He becomes you know a fan favorite character for someone who's kind of more minor in the movies, but yeah, and many many years later, his nephew nephew. <laughs> Nephew. Yeah, we'll we'll become the new Obi Wan Kenobi. So. Right. Yeah, it's all connected. I also really like Endor a lot more in this movie. Like, I like this part too, but Endor surprised me how much I enjoyed it. It's just so beautiful. They they filmed it in a couple of locations in California. They filmed some of the sh- scenes in those like the sequoia like forests, like the which are I think one of the great wonders of the world. You know, right. and then some of it was filmed in another forest in Southern California where they were doing it- logging. So they're allowed to like blow up the trees and stuff. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I like I like how it's another sign there was a budget that this is all filmed in like like Tatooine was filmed in uh, Arizona. Tunisia. Oh, no, oh, in this one, yes, it's, this it's, one in, it's like in uh, Utah or, or Arizona or Utah. Yeah, I think it was in Arizona, and then yeah. I think they just filmed it in the redwoods. So it's basically like where where's Skywalker Ranch? Let's just film like within a hundred miles of wherever that is. You know. Yeah. <laughs> just but so it, wor- it, it works. You didn't have to go to New Zealand to give right. us a convincing forest planet, you know. <laughs> I think that's just part of he was fed up because they went to Norway for Empire and it just cost a lot of money. Yeah. Has oh, yeah. to need I mean, that was a big part of why it went over budget was yeah. Hoth. So, yeah, it makes sense. It's like, we're just going to film in my backyard. Just point the camera <laughs> back there and just go out there. And that's. But it, it works. It and does. Then, uh, it does. The, uh, the VHS, the 19. 19- the 93 or 94 VHS with the faces on the, the boxes. That yeah. is how I think most people have watched star Wars our age. Yeah. Um, the, at least for me, it's the, mo- well, I say our age. I'm, I'm not that much older than you guys, <laughs> but uh, 
And those, you know, they begin with these interviews by Leonard Malton with Lucas. And of course, you can't trust what Lucas is saying in these because he's absolutely spinning bullshit a lot of it. But he says in this one, and the one for Return of the Jedi, I've seen those over and over again. I used to watch those Leonard Malton interviews over and over and just like memorize because I just wanted to know everything about Star Wars because this is before this is before the prequels and Star Wars became huge again. And uh, but it was still big. It was big though. I would say he says that you know the first movie we're on Tatooine and it's like very drab and brown or we're on the Death Star and it's all like very black and white. He says the second movie, we really, you know, it's like we're on Indoor and it's very, I mean, we're on Hoth and it's very black and white or we're on Bespin and it's got these like soft pastels. And he's like, and now with Return, everything's green and brown. It's much more forward. And he was, he's talking like that's what it was. I don't know if that was really going through his mind or not, but I do think you see it in the movies yeah. that there's kind of like a color shift. But I like it. I also like kind of politically the idea. Well, we'll get to it. But I like when they, they go down on the forest and you know they they've got a they don't land at the at the base they're going to I guess because that would have ruined the element of surprise. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, we missed one of my favorite um, Han Solo lines. <laughs> it's an older like, code. Well, no, Han Solo. It was, well, that's not Han Solo. Oh, that's so not, yeah, you're right. That's, that's, that's Admiral Piet. But um, he's like. Uh, he tells Chewie, he's like, all right, just uh, keep your distance. But don't look like you're keeping your distance. And Chewie goes, and he goes, I don't know, just fly casual. <laughs> it is a good, yeah, that's yeah. a good bit, yeah. I'm just like, I, I like to think of what Chewie must have been like. He's like, what the fuck do you mean, keep my distance, but don't look like I'm keeping my distance? How exactly am I supposed to do not, like Han should know, he should, he's probably should have done this a thousand times. He should get better directions than that, you know? Yeah, yeah. but I, I love it. I just, I... I, I like the comedy. But yeah, so they get down on the planet or on yeah. the moon and the the speeder bike guys who have my my favorite stormtrooper costume, the scout trooper costume, my favorite stormtrooper costume variation. Yeah. And Han Solo has like a good little fight scene with one of them where they're just like judo throwing each other. Oh, yeah. But yeah, they got so we get like the speeder bike chase, which was one of my favorite action scenes in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. It looks so cool. It's so back. It's like you're so tense the whole time because you're like, they're flying through trees, like one misstep. So fast. Yeah. They, they look like they're going at least like 180 miles an hour. Right. Like it is, it is an awesome scene. And like, they like knock that one guy off and he just goes flying into a tree <laughs> and thunk. And it's like, oh, well, he's dead. Like, yeah, they killed no... so many, like there's so many scout troopers that just keep Yeah, there's six of them. There's six of them. They kill them. all six. Yeah. Yeah. Like they dispatch them each in a new way or whatever. And one guy yeah, just Luke, one guy just hits the tree by accident. He's like, yeah, he, well, he knocks he knocks Leia off of her speeder bike, and then he's like looking behind him, like aha, I got her, and then turns around, like, ah, and hits the falling over like Sequoia. But, um, yeah. but yeah, and they have the and Luke like falls off, and then the and I, right there the guy fucks up because he should have just kept on going because they got to right. let everyone know, hey, there's rebels here. And he's like, no, I'm going to finish off this guy. And hangs, hangs <laughs> yeah. a Yui. And Luke pulls out the lightsaber. And <laughs> I love it. He like deflects the deflect, And then he chops the stabilizers off. He like steps to the side and chops stabilizers off. It's very like samurai looking of him, like sidestep, chop down. It's very cool. Yeah. Very well choreographed. And it's, uh, it's great. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then Leia, Leia gets stranded and meets one of my favorite characters when I was a kid. Meets Wicket to Warwick. The Ewoks. The Ewoks, you know, I've I've changed on them. You know, when I was a kid, I was like, they're fine. And when later I'm like, oh, the Ewoks, you know, when you're like a surly mid 
teenager and stuff like oh it's so for kids and now i'm like eh, they're not they're the least offensive kid thing in the news in all of star wars like they're oh, designed yeah. for kids but like we get the prequels now there's so much <laughs> worse like kid <laughs> they're not ste- they're not stepping in the poopy you know here's so. the thing they don't speak and recognize they don't speak english so i think that makes it all the better if they spoke that is very words, important. yeah that'd be worse <laughs> i would hate them but they but just they're, speak they're in just, their language yeah they're they're like dangerous little like care bears yeah you know? they're little like forest care bears that are going to eat you like right. i love it and and they're they're cute but they they also like they fight and die and kill and <laughs> right I, li- I, I like them and they're they're like you know very you know tongue-in-cheek a stand in for the Viet Cong later on and oh, i like yeah. that I, li- I like yeah you know when when wicked comes to work played by 11 year old warwick davis who would later be Willow. I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff, but he's still in movies. But, um, you know, I, for me, like Willow, I love Willow. So he's, he's yeah. Willow. But, but yeah, I, you know, I like the little scene and Leia's like, you know, coaxing him over, gives him a granola bar. And it's funny because she gives, he's very hesitant until he takes a bite of the granola bar. As soon as he takes a bite of the granola bar, he's like, oh, I'm good. And he comes and plops down next to her. Yeah. And, and then, then she you... takes off her helmet and, she, and he freaks out again. <laughs> and I guess, my understanding is that, you know, they don't eat Leia or whatever because, you know, Wicked has made friends with her. Exactly. Yeah. Or, yeah. And so they're like, oh, this is a good this is a good human. All these other humans are bad. Yeah. And then later they give her the dress that they must have taken off of a woman they did eat. Oh, I can oh. say something horrible that <laughs> will ruin this for you. Oh, OK. In the canon at the time. Not at the, not in this movie, but later on, the Ewok movies actually take the first one actually takes place before Return of the Jedi. So Wicked had already met humans before and fought trolls and other stuff that are on this planet, supposedly. Okay. So I mean, not canon, but it's just funny to me because like the, those movies take place before. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, it's something they don't count. I mean, I only watched the first Ewok movie once. I don't know, unless there's something to contradict it. I'm just going to assume that's what happened. Hey, so, hell, that planet so, with the, I mean, okay, the first Ewok movie is Lord of the Rings, hundred yes. percent. Yeah, uh, it it actually isn't terrible. Yeah, <laughs> okay. It's fine. It's One fine. Day. It's it's not it's not terrible. I agree. It's, it's I fine. watched it once. I was going to record about it, which you would have people would have heard by now. But then both my wife and my friend that were going to do it with me both backed out <laughs> that weekend. And then everybody went on trips, and I'm like, so I got at some point I got to rewatch it and do it. But it's not on top of my list. But it's, you know, it's funny. I hadn't before I ever saw any Star Wars movies. I had an Ewok book. Oh. As a kid, I had a little picture book where some of the Ewoks get kidnapped by walking daisies, <laughs> like giant, like giant da- daisies or daffodils that uh, with legs kidnap some of the Ewoks and Wicked, Wicked has to rescue them. I, I had that before I ever knew what a Star Wars was. Wow. I also had a Luke Skywalker action figure um, from the uh, uh, the Kenner, uh, the Kenner uh, Return of the Jedi one. OK. Oh, and a joke I want to make about this planet. <laughs> this is retcon, but this is, I guess, canon now that the old guy that just happened to be part of this team is Rex from the Clone Wars, supposedly now. You guys, okay. I mean, I'm OK mean, with wait, that. Is that, still, is that still canon? I think it still might be canon. I, 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 mean, I think, I think it still might have be to canon. be because Rex was created after the Disney mer- uh, acquisition. No, so he was created before because the Clone Wars started before Disney, right? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. It did. OK. Yeah, I mean, that's where he's from. I like Rex. That's fine. It's fine if Rex. Uh, I'm actually. I not only am I fine with that. I'd be down for a, a Rex movie. 
or series, Disney Plus series. Hey, guess who they would get? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care. I, here's the deal: Tamar Morrison is fine, but he's like fifty and pudgy. He needs to get in better shape if he wants to play a clone <laughs> trooper, in my opinion. But, I don't think he wants to. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. I mean, he did. He played. He played one in Obi Wan. Yeah, but that didn't involve much acting. That was just, just sit here, sitting, and, sit, yeah. here and sit here, and put your hand sit here and look sad. But anyway, um, but yeah, so I like the the whole. So then Luke comes back and they're like, hey, where's Leia? He's like, what? She's not here with you. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but but it makes sense. Like they're going like 200 miles an hour for a right. while. Yeah. They, like they probably would have taken Luke a couple of days to walk back. To right. The crew. Yeah. My favorite is still when the guy turns around, like to see if he got him and then crashes into a tree, like dumbass. Right. Yeah. Why are you turning around? Like, come on now. <laughs> yeah, that is that is is fun. So yeah, so then they so then Han tells the the group, all right, y'all go. We'll meet us at O three hundred at the thing. We're gonna go find Leia. And so they go off to find her, and, and Chewie, Chewie's hungry, I guess. Yeah, he sees he sees a actual deer's butthole because that is what they made this prop out of. They took a taxi <laughs> duck, they taxidermied a deer's butthole with some other stuff to make that creature that is used as bait for the trap. And they get caught by the Ewoks, which is, is fun. I could have been okay with not knowing that fact. Yeah, I, I also, um, in, interspersed in this, there's a scene where Vader meets with the Emperor. And I like, because you can tell Vader is trying to mislead the Emperor, I feel like. I agree. I feel like he's trying to kind of keep his feelings close to his vest. Like, I think Vader is actually kind of hoping that Luke and him can kill the Emperor. I don't think he was lying. I think he actually hates the emperor and resents him. And I think he wants, I think he wants to spare Luke because he, he, he cares for him. And, and the emperor sees right through and the emperor is like, your feelings are clouded. Your feelings for your son are clouding your judgment is what I think is kind of what he says. Yeah. And he tells Vader, go, he tells Vader, go back to your ship. And Vader doesn't. Yeah. I told you to wait in the command ship. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he says. I told you to wait in the command ship. Like, like the emperor is clear, and then Vader leaves, and the emperor goes over to talk to some guys standing off to the side. And I always kind of picture he's like, "Yeah, can you believe that guy?" No, no I'm getting. Ri- <laughs> I, don't worry, I'm getting rid of him real soon. I got. I, mean, I got a replacement in mind. Yeah, he's always like, "Oh, this guy is back." Well, yeah, I, I, think, talk- I think the emperor's. I mean, I think the emperor's plan is he's going to turn Luke to his side and have but, Luke kill his fo- kill Vader. I mean, yeah, that's he definitely wants a better apprentice who's not like disabled, basically. Yeah, I think well, he exactly wants someone it. younger. Like, I completely yeah. buy this whole thing of him trying to set up Luke and get Luke to kill Vader and to take over. Completely buy that. Right. Yeah, I do. To me, it makes perfect sense. I think they because, both. Yeah. Yeah. They, I they think both, it shows through. Yeah, it, it it does show. It and does I also show. believe the fact that whether this was meant to be in this movie or not, that Vader is fed up with Palpatine because he realizes Palpatine tricked him originally. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's well aware of that fact. Yeah. I never saw it as he's like, well, I didn't know. Like, he knows exactly at this point, he knows what happened to him and how Palpatine never could save her. He just took advantage of it. Yeah. So, so that's um, how I always take that scene. Like, I, I like yeah. the fact that Luke, gives himself up because he knows that he is making them vulnerable. Like, I like all that. Yeah, I like that, too. So we're, where we were before I brought that, though, they got caught by the Ewoks. And the right. Ewoks are going to, the Ewoks are apparently going to eat them. But they see C-3PO, <laughs> and they're like, whoa. And, but they're still going to eat his friends. Even when C-3PO tries to tell them not to, they're, yeah. like, still going to. 
They're hungry. And, and I love like Han is like blowing at the flames, trying to blow out the flames. <laughs> like a car, it's like a cartoon. It's like Looney Tunes. Yeah. It's 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 Daffy Duck blowing on the flames. You know? Yeah. And uh, you can definitely tell that Luke Luke is very confident he'll get out of this. Like he does. He's like, okay, Han, just go with it. And he's he's not really concerned that I feel like anything's gonna happen. Push comes to shove, Luke could just you know, like force push all those like Ewoks off oh, the God, platform. Yes. I mean, yeah. he he's trying to. He's like, I think it's, it, this is gonna be okay. I don't think yeah. these guys are really gonna hurt us. It's gonna be all right. But yeah, his his idea. He tells C three PO, tell them that if they do harm us, you'll get angry and use your magic. <laughs> and C three PO reluctantly tells them that, and they still don't believe him. Yeah. There, and then so Luke like levitates C three PO, makes him fly around, and that that does it. Yeah. And they they release them, and then and then Leia comes out in her her new dress with her with her long hair like all right. down to her waist. But yeah. but yeah, and then we get my absolute favorite scene in the entire movie is C three PO telling oh, yeah. the story of the Star Wars trilogy, That's but right. in a different language <laughs> with sound effects. It's so great because it is a good scene. He, he's speaking a la- he's speaking a language we don't understand, but he's saying proper nouns. That yeah. wouldn't translate like Darth Vader, Millennium Falcon, things like that, mm-hmm. and using sound effects, and you can totally tell. All right, here he's talking about when we went on the Death Star. Here he's talking about when we blew up the Death Star. He's talking about the Battle of Hoth. All right, now he's talking yeah. about we're we're on the Cloud City. Now here's Tikal Carbon, Han Solo's frozen in carbonite. Yeah. Now here we are in Jabba's sail barge, and you know here we are here, and it's it's like the whole thing. I like how it's like that's clear like what's what's happening and then the the ewoks confer for a little bit and then they announce that they've adopted them as part of the tribe yeah and <laughs> that one ewok is just like hugging on han solo's leg like <laughs> and i'm not sure if it's supposed to be like a child one they like yeah. is looking up to him or if it's like a female that wants to mate with him what's going on here <laughs> but it's it's, it's and he's like trying to he's like trying to claw him off the leg and he can't i like it and again, we get more comedy where Han Solo's like, yeah. all right, uh, see if we get our equipment back. All right. Also, we need some more supplies. Also, <laughs> um, ask what they did today. Hey, hurry up, boy, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, I do think it's funny. It's kind of like ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous joke, but it is. But it, 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 it fits because he's always so rude to C3PO. Yeah, it is true. <laughs> and yeah. so it fits. I think it works. And um, this is where we get Luke and Leia go outside. Or yeah. Leia this is a good them. scene. It is a good scene. Yeah. As much as it's kind of stupid in some senses, it's a really good scene. If like he's like, I have a sister. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, she realizes, oh, that's me. It's, yeah, it's <laughs> well, and, well and again, I kept, I, certain scenes I kept rewatching to see, like, all right, let me think about this. Let me think about this. This is one that I watched three times while I was watching it to kind of like. And it's, it's interesting because he, like you said a minute ago, he says, I've got to go. I'm endangering the mission, right? He is. Vader's on the planet. He can sense that I'm here. I've got to get out of here because I'm endangering the mission. And he, then he tells her, I'm going to go confront him. And she doesn't understand why. He says, because he's my father and I think I can save him. And then he says, but listen, if I don't make it, you are the only hope for the rebellion. And she's like, well, no, I, you have a power I could never understand or hope to have. And he's like, no, no, no. The force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. My sister has it. And they kind of like, it clicks for her where she's like, oh. And I, I think, yeah, she kind of gets it. I, I like that. It is also, this is what, where another place where we get inconsistency with the prequels later right. is she says that she can remember her mother. Yeah. <laughs> she only can remember like images, 
that she was like very sweet, very kind, but very sad, or very beautiful, very kind, but very sad. And yeah, then, it's just it's too bad yeah. because the prequels, you know, established that she's dead and gone, so right, she never her. knew her. Right. It's but, it's yeah, it's a textual inconsistency. I guess you know they recounted to be like, oh well, she remembers that two seconds when they were in the hospital or whatever. Yeah. Well, the fan community. Like, hey, the fan community has decided that it's the force that through because of the force she's able to it's the same way that force users can kind of see images of the future, she can see images of the past a little bit, is what the I, fan community headcanon is, yeah, I think. Yeah. I think the original idea Lucas had was that she was gonna be the mother was gonna um have been a um like a a, a servant in Bill Organa's palace who died when Leia was really young. So I was reading the novel, the Return of the Jedi novel, and it yeah. briefly goes into this. And Obi Wan says, "We were hiding. We wanted to hide you from the Emperor. So I took, you know, I took you to my brother on Tatooine, and then it said your mother went with Leia to to your mother went with Leia to Alderaan to have her to adopt to you know put Leia up for adoption with the powerful Organa family or something like that. So it's it's like that." So definitely, yeah. like Obi-Wan definitely says your mother went with, to Alderaan with you. Yeah, and see, that would have been, I think, again, it, that would have been better. And then what you could have done with that sequel trilogy is it turned out that their mother didn't die on Alderaan, that she right. had left Alderaan at some point and she's still out there. And maybe yeah. Luke goes and finds his sister and Leia goes and finds, well, no, I don't know. That wouldn't work. But yeah, anyway, it, I don't know. It would have been interesting, though. You could have done something with it's that. It's an interesting what if, yeah. And it's... Yeah. Textually, when you anybody watching this in the '80s would be like, "Oh yeah, her mother, you know, your mother lived for a couple of years afterwards, and then died when she was young." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which unfortunately sense. did not happen. It did not yeah. happen. No, yeah, not exactly. She, she died. Died, of bro- died of a broken heart. Right. <laughs> and I kind of figure that she had cardiac arrest during during childbirth due to having been force choked, but. <laughs> That, that, that yeah, well, the, the droid, no, the science droid said, you know, it was a broken heart, you know, so <laughs> it's a legitimate reason. It's yeah, right there on the charts. I think yeah. I'll always hate that. Official I don't like that movie. Yeah, broken heart. Yeah. But but anyway, so yeah, he so he leaves and then Han comes out yeah. and wants to know what's wrong and she won't say. And he's like, oh, she could tell Luke. Is that it? And, he, and he's all jealous. And he starts right. to stomp off, but then he turns like, around and he apologizes. It's like, he's we're a good guy. Character, character growth. Yeah, yeah, I, think, I do like how he does grow in this. Yeah, and and then and then he and then she's just like, "Hold me," and he like kind of pats her. He he's like very like, "Uh, what do I do with this?" And like, kind of pats her on the back. You know, it's like it kind of fits. Like he's a, he's like you know he's a scoundrel. We wouldn't have like you know expected him to be like have like really known like how to actually like comfort a woman necessarily. I, I get it. I think it works. We get we go to the Vader Luke scene. I wanted to mention that my absolute favorite matte painting in this movie is when. The shuttle lands and Vader comes out of the shuttle. You can see the landing platform, the shuttle, and the, the shield generator in the background. It's yeah. a beautiful painting. I would love to get a painting of that. Yeah, it is. Um, it, is it is really beautiful. In the, and they have, now I can't, I, yeah, they have a, an ATAT walking yeah. in the foreground. Which is, ter- is a terrible idea for this planet. <laughs> it, it is a terrible idea for the planet. It does give some, a sense of scale. Because right, we know yeah. how big those are. We know those are like five stories tall. So that tells us this thing is like seven or eight maybe 10 stories tall. Right. It gives some scale, but yeah, it would not make sense on this planet at all. It does. It doesn't look bad though. It looks, it looks good. It's some stop motion animation, but it's, it's not as far away. So it doesn't look bad. Yeah. It looks, 
it's all practical stuff. And did they do anything with it in the special edition? Or? No, they did no, not. Not for this stuff. That's cool. good. Yeah. That's, so Luke meets him, and and he he like he just turned himself in, and then the the guy hands hands Vader his lightsaber, and and then the, you know Vader tells him leave us leave us alone, and then they're talking, and Luke is like trying to convince him, and Vader like activates his lightsaber and kind of looks at it. Yeah. It's an it's an interesting thing because you know the the I have. In my classroom, I have the big, like, movie theater size posters for the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And the poster for Return of the Jedi, Luke's got a blue lightsaber. But it is this lightsaber. It, because, you know, his lightsaber is different models. The, the Anakin Skywalker lightsaber that he loses in Empire Strikes Back has one shape. And this one has, like, a little, like, radar dish-looking thing on it that the beam is projected from. And I'm looking at the poster right now. It is the Return of the Jedi lightsaber. It's just blue. And I was reading that that was basically Lucas at the last minute decided to make it green because he thought viewers would be like, wait, but I thought he lost his lightsaber. So having to have a green one is like clear. No, this is a new one. I see. Yeah. But then they also, uh, Vader, all of the prop Darth Vader lightsabers were missing when they went to make this movie. And they couldn't, they, they, they were gone. They had been stolen or thrown away, probably stolen. And so (laughs) they had to make him a new one real fast and so they actually took the Anakin Skywalker lightsaber from Empire Strikes Back and modified it to look like Vader's lightsaber. I oh. never heard that story. Interesting. That's cool. I was reading. I was reading like some trivia, and I, was, like, I thought that was neat. But yeah, That's they, why I they, love they, having you two on for this stuff because you guys know so much about Star Wars. Both yeah, I was, I was talking to. Well, thank you. I was talking to somebody earlier because I said I was doing this podcast. Like, oh, and they said something bad. I was like, you know, the thing is, Star Wars is my favorite thing and all of pop culture it is the thing i'm the most obsessed with and love with and and so i try to find good stuff in all of the movies right because and but this original trilogy is is just like almost sacrosanct for me so i do have a lot of nostalgia here definitely clouding my judgment a little bit but but yeah i'm I'm intensely i'm very intensely into this like i just like I, i i just think about the like i again tattoo stuff like i eventually want to get the return of the jedi green lightsaber like i love that design that little the little dish that i was talking about I just like that i love that design so much when i draw lightsabers that's like the one i always draw first is i like that and when i printed when i three when I, like when i got a 3d printer like the first thing i did was 3d print this this lightsaber <laughs> i've got it on the shelf right next to me actually <laughs> we're not on video so we can't see but yeah i can't see it but it's there it's right up there next to my uh my Luke Skywalker statue, actually. Oh, that's really cool. <laughs> I do like the whole part, like with them when they get to the little station and they're trying to, like, at the same time that they're trying to blow up this shield generator, you have the fleet moving in about because they got a certain time limit to do this. You have Luke up with with Vader and Palpatine, and like the way Palpatine is like, I set up this whole plan. I gave it to the spies, and I you yeah. will find out that this station is quite operational. He's he's very yeah, he's, cat, he's catty. <laughs> he, yeah, he, and he he reveals it over a while. It's like forty. It's like still from when from when we just met. It's like an almost like forty minutes before he says that. He like kind of dribbles out these little things. I love love all this stuff with the emperor, and it's really funny because they were not going to use Ian McDermott's voice originally. Oh yeah, they he, were. He was yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I think they wanted. I think the story was you know they went in and said you have to do a good job, Ian. Because, you know, in the other movie, we dubbed the Emperor's voice and he sounded like aristocratic and like, 
he was the other guy who dubbed the voice in the other movies. So they were like, if you yeah. do a good job with your voice, you know, they might let you keep it. And so he, he wowed he went them. for it. Yeah, he went for it. And he did like, he made, like a he big talks. choice. Yeah, he like, uh, he talks from his stomach or whatever. And yeah, I was reading that that's like a Japanese theater thing. Yeah. He did. A, I mean, this is his one of his first major roles. He was a he was mostly a stage actor, but I think it was yeah. George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. I think saw him in a play just in London, and they're like, "This guy could be the emperor." Let's when when they were making the first movie. I, I think I don't think it was. I think it was before this movie because they were. Well, yeah, they were definitely thinking before about this movie. movie. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't from Star Wars. It, I think it was after Empire when they were like they oh, were just at some play, okay. and they're like, "This guy's really good. He could play the emperor of the universe." And yeah. I think he, uh, I think the story goes too that he did an audition and George Lucas was like, "You have a really great nose, by the way," and that's how he knew he got the part because his nose <laughs> was the, the only thing sticking out from his hood or whatever. So okay. yeah, yeah. I, I love the Emperor. He's so evil and he's just like right. so and like I said, catty. He yeah. has all these little catty comments. Like, oh, you the fact that she's with the operation. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't reveal the Death Star is operational yet, but he reveals that right. the shield is still going to be up. And I like when when Lando and them are flying toward it. Yeah. And Nan Nub, Lando's co-pilot, tells him when she's speaking uh, uh, Kenya, uh, the language uh, language they speak in Kenya. Yeah. So he's speaking an actual language. That's uh, cool. Yeah, and he tells him because it's an act, it's an actor from Kenya, and he just spoke his native language. But he tells him he's like, I what what he tells him, you don't see it, but you can tell what he tells him is, hey, I'm not detecting anything. Like, I should be detecting that the shield's down, but I'm just detecting nothing. And Lando realizes their signal's being jammed. And he's like, but why would they be jamming our signals if they don't know we're coming? And so he calls off the attack, tells them we got we to gotta circle back. And so yeah. then the, start, the fighters come out to keep them from escaping. Yeah. And yeah, and then we see, like, down at, there was a trap down on the planet, and Han and them are going to be captured. And then the Ewoks... The Ewoks come in and we, oh, I love it. This is my, like, not my favorite scene, but my favorite thing in this movie is the, like, jungle gorilla fighting Ewoks with their traps and all their little, like, their booby traps, like, you know, dropping the rolling logs uh, to make the ATST trip and the slamming the ATST from two sides of the big logs and them trying to trip one and it just pulls them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like one of them is like riding on the foot of one just like chopping at it ineffectually with a hatchet and i just i just love all that stuff and i think about how lucas originally intended this to be the wookie homeworld, yeah and how much better it is to have it be a bunch of murderous little teddy bears <laughs> instead of a bunch of wild chewbaccas right yeah yeah um, it also helps so, because one of the big things about this is that the emperor didn't see this coming and like mm. one of one of my friends had recorded a podcast, yeah. and he had made a comment about he's like that the whole emperor's plans are ruined by a bunch of cuddly teddy bears. And the way I look at it now is yes, he's not completely wrong, but also that he was so full of himself. The emperor was yeah. he didn't think that anything could fail his master plan, which I buy now a hundred percent after yeah. everything we've seen the Clone Wars. Like I mean, I know that wasn't, but. I can buy it that he was just so full of himself that he didn't realize that this was what was happening. Oh, absolutely. And why would you expect that a bunch of like spear and bow and arrow wielding stone age, like tree bears are yeah. going to stop your thing. It's like a bunch of koalas with like stone spears. Yeah. Like, why would that be a problem? But it's cool. And it's that it's the David and Goliath thing. It's the, it's really important to a good story. 
is that your heroes have to be fighting from a position of weakness. Right. The, and you know? it works. Like, it works really well. Do, it's fun. They they win because of the Ewoks. They are able to shut down the generator and they're they're able to stop this from happening. Yeah. And, and I, I do think it's, it's, it is believable to an extent. Um, I mean, it is a little silly, but it's fun. It's fun. And, and I mean, you know, when you see the stormtroopers get mobbed by like 30, 30 like Ewoks, like mob, like two stormtroopers. You're like, oh, yeah, no, that I, mean, I don't think I could fight 30 teddy bears. <laughs> well, like, I mean. I remember as a kid thinking, oh, okay, they're just hitting them. Like, no, they're beating them with sticks and rocks. Oh, and you can see them. They're clearly stabbing them with spears. They're killing like, them terribly. They're, they're, soft, they're soft points in between their armor. Like, if they're aiming, they're, they're straight up killing these guys. I love it. Right. <laughs> so we have that battle, and it kind of ebbs and flows, and we get, like, the really cool scene with where Hans, where they, what they call R2-D2 over, and he finally gets there, and he gets shot. Right. He's like, like, screams and, like, electrocutes. It's like, like, they, oh, no, I, do. I mean, they can't get in this door, and the only way they get in the door is that Chewie gets has hijacked an ATST. Yes, I would love that part. Yeah, because he well, it's a little dumb when he swings onto it. He does the right. doors in, oh, which is a little silly. It but, is, yeah. but it works. It's it's so fun because the Ewok like like looks into the the <laughs> windshield and they're like ah, get that thing off of there. And yeah. so the, the guy goes up top thinking, oh, there's gonna be a little teddy bear I'm gonna have to knock off. And then a Wookiee grabs him and throws him. That is, that is, I don't know if you noticed, that was his director. Richard Marquand was the guy that gets thrown off. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. And then the producer is the other guy. One of the producers is the other pilot in there. Uh, that's cool. So that was his that, cameo. But, yeah. Yeah. I knew Marquand was the guy that got thrown out. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I forgot that. But yeah, I, I love that. And then they get in there and the Ewoks try to pilot it. And, and Chewbacca yeah. has to come in like, no, no, no. Move him out of the pilot seat. He's like, let me drive. Yeah. But I love the whole thing, and but yeah, uh, and then back on the Death Star, that's when when the Emperor says, "Now let me show you the true power of this fully operational battle station." Yeah, and fire it will, and they like just blow up a Mon Calamari star cruiser. Which, yeah, the thing that size got to have a crew. It's got to have like five thousand people on it. Right. It's like, and I love that the idea of like this planet killing weapon being directed at like ships is mm-hmm. like there would be nothing you could do. And yeah. Akbar calls for them to retreat, and Lando convinces him, "No, we can't retreat. We got to give Han more t- Han more time." Because <laughs> Han, old buddy. Yeah, because yeah, <laughs> and that that is so. I I do we did, maybe Peter said this that you know in a galaxy this big, of course everyone would have different pronunciations for things. Was that what you said in a previous yeah. episode? Yeah. So it makes sense now. And originally, when I was a kid, that annoyed me how right. certain people would say Leah instead of Leia, and they'd say Han instead of Han. Um, they they make a brief mention to it in Solo. They oh they because I think somebody he says I forget something. Solo says something wrong. Land like I think it's, I don't know. They mention it. They make make a joke of it in there. Oh, but okay. yeah, it's I think it just it's just a pronunciation thing, and that's what it's meant to be in this. Yeah, movie. or it's land. Or it's, yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think it was meant to be anything. I think I think no. that just works. I think it was yeah. just that Billy D. Williams didn't know how to pronounce. Pr- pronounce yeah, it. I'm sure that's what it is. <laughs> but but uh, still. But then I love the idea of like, all right, what are we going to do? We're going to charge right into the middle of all those Star Destroyers. Right. Because, you know, as Lando says, we'll have a lot of better chance against them than against that Death Star. Right, yeah. And I love the dogfight there. And we just see the Rebels are getting destroyed, destroyed. And it's that, that is the point where the Emperor finally convinces Luke to attack. And Luke grabs, he's like, he looks at the lightsaber 
And the emperor says, "Yes, good, good. <laughs> I am, I am defenseless. He's Keep ed- your weapon. Strike me down." The emperor's a big instigator. Like he just like, "Oh, your fleet is lost. Well, like, oh, the- all the birds are dying." But like, I think he's, it, he's trying it to works. Do it. Like, yeah, because he's trying to get Luke to embrace the dark side, and he oh, knows. I never realized how close Luke is until I watched this movie this last this oh, last yeah. watch through. Like he's yeah. literally like four feet from the guy. <laughs> well, yeah. not only that, if Vader's plan had been to let Luke kill the Emperor, which we were thinking it was, all Vader had to do was not defend himself there, and the Emperor's dead. Unless yeah. the Emperor can, you know, stop it with the Force, which he probably could. But still, you know, yeah, maybe. He, I think in his presence, like Vader himself, was like Cloud City. He was far away, so he was like, "Okay, help me, yeah. Emperor." But now he's right there. And he's like, "Oh, I better not." He's like, "I also I can buy yeah. all that because of just like the amount of abuse Vader has suffered yeah. and everything like that that he's still yeah. entwined with it." So I have no yeah. issue. I just I love this battle. I love the fact that like you were saying how they go in with the cruisers and they're like, "Fuck it, we'll just fly among them. Watch the music yeah. that start now." <laughs> yeah, and it is. It- the lightsaber fight here is very well choreographed. Like Luke and Luke and Vader are really going after it. And Luke is, you see now, like he has really made progress. Like, I think he's a better, a better sword fighter than Vader. He like, he knocks him down the staircase and Vader manages to do a very like, um, what what would you call it? The like wire foo, like flip that I think, you know, force assisted. He manages to like, not just get completely cream there. And, the I think the emperor overplays his hand a little bit because it's like yes yes good use your anger and it's like no no yeah he's he's already doing it just let him fight and he's gonna do it and yeah but I, the, the emperor is just too much of a shithead not to say stuff yeah, like that exactly yeah. and that's his own downfall his his hubris is his downfall yeah definitely and like I also like one of the things about that space fight that I love too that's happening at the same time as this is when they take out they take out do they take out they take out the executioner right. Well, not until after um, Han and them blow up the shield generator. But okay, because yes. but I love how they take out the executioner. That's like they just blow up the. I don't think they're even trying executor. to blow up. No, it's it's the, it's the executor, and no, it's an A wing just crashes. An A wing like he loses control yeah. and just crashes directly into the bridge. And Admiral <laughs> Piet, his luck finally runs out. Right. We saw him evade death over and over again in Empire, and then here is he dies from a random random kamikaze attack but i think that's perfect it is it is is. and we see that the executor crashes into the surface of the death star and it's a big explosion yeah and it's like that's what's fucking up the death star because luke ends up having because this i didn't realize that this whole scene happens everything kind of happens at once like the emperor already been thrown down the hole before they go like i always thought they'd blown up the generator and then the oh yeah no luke's Luke's already off the death star before they blow up the the blow up the generator just about yeah yeah, he's like getting on. He's he. They show him flying the cruiser out, and then Lando says, "All right, hit the hit the thing, and then get out of here." Like so the executioner, is, yeah, hitting the Death Star. It's the, it's the executor. Fucks up the Death Star. Executor. Yeah, it does. That is, and it's a cool explosion when it hits because it yeah. slams into it and it explodes, and then you see fire jetting out of where it hit, and I imagine that's all the oxygen escaping oh. from that part of the Death Star feeding the flames you know it so it's like yeah. a, it looks like a like you turned on like a blowtorch almost yeah. it's like flying light out of the sides like it it, it makes sense now. i know that you know people say well you wouldn't be fire in space but there would be until the oxygen ran out right right yeah and so i i like it um it's really cool well there won't be but, sound uh, in space either but you know it's just, well yeah that's well that's for us yeah it's not non-diegetic <laughs> i'm okay with that i, I just 
But to finish up the Emperor thing, yeah. like, you have Luke fighting Vader, and then find, which is a great fight, by the way. That is a hell of a good fight. Yeah. I want to say that. And, like, the way that the fight finally ends is that, like, I think he just... Oh, he cuts off Vader's well, hand. Yeah, it's... it's So, he's hiding from Vader, and Vader is, like, reading his thoughts. And he says, oh, you have a sister. A sister. Your thoughts have betrayed her as well. Perhaps if you cannot be turned, then she will. And that's when he just, and you see it on his face when Luke embraces the dark side and he just starts slamming Vader and he chops off. And I, I just really, I want to talk because it's so poetic. It's he good. chops off his hand and the emperor claps and is like, good, good. Now strike him down and you're, and, and you'll join me at my side as my apprentice or whatever. And Luke looks at Vader. He looks at the emperor. He looks at his own robotic hand. And then looks at Vader's robotic stump and he realizes I'm becoming Darth Vader. And he throws his lightsaber, not just down, but across the room. He throws it across the room. He's like, no, I'll never join you. And I love that part because that's also really important to to Vader, to Anakin coming back, is that Luke spares him here. Yeah. Luke spares him. The Emperor wants Luke to kill him. and, And the Emperor's like, fine, I'll do it myself and starts force lightning him. Which is cool. We never knew that that was a thing that you could do. It's the first time we've ever seen it in Star Wars. Right. You know, he's like force lightning him. And again, Vader, he looks at he looks at Luke crying on the ground, calling out to him for help. He looks at Emperor, looks at Luke, looks at Emperor. And if you listen to the music, it's playing the it's playing like one of the Empire themes. And then now it's not. It's just playing like an oboe or something going like. It's kind of like like, choral. It's kind of a choral. It like is voices in the background, like yeah, and he's just looking back and forth, back and forth, and then when he grabs the emperor, it starts playing the Force theme, yeah, or the Jedi theme, which it never ever plays when Vader's on screen until this point, and you can hear the music, so the da 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 da, is playing that as he throws the emperor down the shaft. That's really I love cool. It. I love that. It's such. Okay, a I didn't catch. A, I caught a little thing. bit. I wasn't paying enough attention. <laughs> Well, I never, I never caught that before. I never caught that before. And I was with my wife and son. I was like, listen, I've heard that it does because I had read about it. And I was like, let's see if it does this. And my son goes, well, yeah, of course it does. You've never heard that? Of course it does that. Which I think that's just a 10-year-old wanting to be like, oh, I listen mm-hmm. about this. You don't. But maybe yeah. not. I don't know. But it was, it was very neat. It's a very, it's very subtle. I think you, it's not like loud. But if yeah. you know it's there, you'll hear it perfectly. John Williams and, knows what he's doing. Yeah, and it's so good because that is the point. And then that's when, you know, Luke is like, you know, come on, I can help you. And Vader's like, no, it's too late for that. But take off. You know, it's like, it's too late for that. So good. It's too bad, you know. He drags him out. And I saw like a fun meme of like, um, you know, for people that you do see people are escaping the Death Star. For the people that escaped the Death Star, all they know is this guy walked onto the Death Star (laughs) on my arm. And the last time they saw him, he's dragging Darth Vader's corpse onto a (laughs) shuttle. And the emperor's dead. And it's like, well, Luke has got to be like so scary. Like, I'm right. like, Imperial. I mean, he, he's like, look the at he's Mandalorian. Shot, when yeah. Moff Gideon first sees him, he's well, like, right, oh yeah. shit. That was, that was the meme is that Moff Gideon has probably heard about, has probably heard like horror stories about like this Luke. blonde. So this blonde guy just comes on the, comes on the Death Star, just kills Vader and the emperor. And you're like, oh shit, who the fuck is this blonde guy? <laughs> this blonde 21 yeah. year old just yeah. murders everybody. I love it. But yeah, so he escapes and then Lando blows up. Lando and Wedge actually blow up yeah. the Death Star. Lando, because t- it's like 
and they have to take out two support pylon things. Lando takes out one, Wedge takes out the other. Boom, they escape. Really cool, like flying from the flames. Is it exploding? And then we see from indoor, they see it explode in the sky, and everyone's cheering and all that. And it's it's fun. No thought for any of the you know subcontractors who were on the <laughs> who were on the Death Star just fixing things. Well, and, and yeah, that that is an interesting question. Yeah, because obviously, uh, Clerks claims that, but they say in the the guy that the commander on the Death Star said that his men have been working around the clock. Right. Like, yeah. They may they may still be contractors. But. Yeah, but I also feel like that's something that you would say like when you look at like the <laughs> we're getting World War Two Nazi Ger- Nazi Germany like they would have probably said my men and mean my men being the slaves that I abducted and made work. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, possible too. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I just wanted to mention I don't know if you saw the deleted scenes, but there is a deleted part that I thought was kind of cool where the Emperor orders Moff Jerjerod to fire on Endor and blow it up. Oh. Um, and. And Moff Jarrod has a pause. And he's like, "Are you sure we have a bunch of battalions down there?" He's like, "Do it!" And the Emperor says, "Do it!" And it was kind of supposed to be interspersed, like like in the Battle of Yavin. So like the rebels were inside the superstructure, and he was like, "Okay, we got 15, 15 seconds to fire on Endor." And he was like looking at diagrams. And I think they were wise to cut it because you don't yeah. need another level of tension. Yeah. But it was just it was just supposed to show there was some human side to. The yeah. Empire, because he's like, I don't want to blow up the planet because all our troops are down there. Hey, as some people say, there are good yeah. people on both sides. Or the bad people on both sides, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, it was um, good it was good yeah, it was... <laughs> so the, the, the end of the movie yeah. is, in the original version, one of my favorite things ever. It's my favorite song from all of Star Wars. And in the in special edition, they, they, they did add a really cool thing, which is the montage of all the people celebrating the end of the empire, but they got rid of the song. Yeah. They got rid of yup, nub, nub, yup, nub, nub, yup, nub. I have a, I love this version though. I do too. I do like it. I I like, I mean, I like the visual for sure. I just, I miss the song. So (laughs) I think it's, I think there's an argument could be made for both. I do like the new version, but I think yub, nub, has its charm too. And especially if you, was that what you watched, you know, 20,000 yeah. times, then you're going to have a special affinity for it. And, and they, they use the, the helmets as, uh, the stormtrooper helmets as drums. I like that. <laughs> right. And I, the terribleness of it is that <laughs> they just kill people and they're like, oh, this is, this is, this is scrapping their equipment as they're moving these dead people. Like, oh. Hey, it's, hey, it's war. I do That's like to, they prob- I mean, they probably ate them. They're having a feast. What do you think they're eating? World War <laughs> Nine hours of World War Two. I completely understand now. They're they're eating they're eating stormtrooper having a feast. Oh, I do have a story. For, so I hadn't seen the scene in a while, but like in November seventh, twenty twenty, for some reason, like for many people, I was I kept playing the song on loop over right. and over again. This whole video, yeah, at that part for no reason. <laughs> it's a great victory song for when good things happen. It is true. I took down my. My father-in-law's urn, he passed away. I, I'm not going to believe in a lot of that type of stuff, but I think I've heard it talk about like, the days that you would have wanted because he died in 2020 in part. I just always remember that, and, and I kept playing the song constantly. That day. Just constantly playing the scene. And every time I could just everything. It was a very emotional moment. That's what I connect now with the song. Like, when I was watching this movie last night, I started to cheer up a little bit. Listen, I don't think because yeah, it, it is a really good ending. I, I like it. Um, yeah. I like we, we see Vader, Luke burns Vader on a pyre, yeah. which, uh, you know, I think there, there's there been like different 
ideas of is that just Vader's suit? Because we do see Vader becomes a Force ghost. Does that mean that right. he disappeared his body? Or is the disappearing the body thing um, just something that Obi-Wan and Yoda did? And it's not always. I, I don't I don't know. But but I like that, that he burns he burns it. Yeah. And then that's, you know, in the sequel trilogy, Kylo Ren has that burnt Vader mask. And that's why it's burnt. Somehow. Which is, is, I think it's fine. I think that's a, a good little connection. But I like also that the, the, the type... X-Wings fly over and shoot fireworks yeah. for the celebration. I thought that was cool. The great touch. And and, you do, and Han tells Leia, is like, all right, when Luke gets back, I won't get in the way. And Leia's like, oh, no, he's my brother. It's all good. It's like, he's like, oh. Because she makes a comment. She's like, I love him. He's like, you love, you love him? She's like, of course I do. And he's like, oh, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's being the bigger man. He's like, all right, fine. Well, if that's how it is, that's okay. And she's like, no, 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 he's my brother. And he's confused, but also relieved, and it's it's great. Yes. And then we we get to see that's the last Yoda. line. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, it's the last line. Yeah. And then we get to see the Force Ghost of Yoda and Obi Wan. And then of course, in the version I watched, we see <laughs> old we see old man Anakin. That's right. what it should be. Yeah. And in the version you guys watched, we see Hayden Christensen. Yes. Just looking like he's not in the same movie at all. I, I have to <laughs> wonder. I'm pretty sure they just took footage from. Like, no, he filmed it. I was reading an interview. Oh. He said they filmed it, but he didn't know what it was for. Jeez. That's he just... said that he was given very little direction. He didn't know where they were going to use it. He was just told they're going to have him appear as a force ghost. And so to kind of like stand here and smile. And he didn't know what it was supposed to be for. And he said, he said, I would have done a, I would have acted differently if I knew I was going in that scene. Yeah. Because Andy almost... Christian is like a really respected, good actor. And he yeah. just, he looks like he's not in the same movie here. Just no, and he shouldn't have been. Because, again, no. the simple idea of this guy is old and die old, then becomes a ghost. He should look like Obi-Wan and Yoda look like themselves. Why does Vader look like Hayden Christensen when Hayden Christensen doesn't doesn't look like, you know, was like an evil guy? Yeah. Well, Lucas's, Lucas's explanation was he should look the way he looked before he fell to the dark side. And my rejoinder to that is, but he came back to the light side. Yes, he right. should look. If, if, he, if he appears as Hayden Christensen, then does that mean that Anakin didn't really make it back? Which is what James Earl Jones thinks, by the way. But he reads, like, sometimes you read, like, the actors who are in these movies and what they say about stuff, and you're like, you're kind of dumb. Right. He's yeah. a dumb. Like, he, he thinks that, he, like, he was at a fan convention, and James Earl Jones says that he thinks that Vader was pretending to come back to the dark light side. Yeah, that's it's I like, mean, no, yeah. that's, stu- that's stupid. That's not true. That's just a, that's a dumb thing to think. It just ruins the whole theme of the movie, too. Yeah, it it he, does. He's just, you know, he's a, he's not. I'm sure he doesn't give it much thought anyway, so it, yeah. I'm sure he's just spitballing. No, he was so. asked about it, and he's like, Disregard yeah, no. it. He just yeah, enjoying that paycheck that comes every... I also like the, the guy that played, I was reading, like, an interview, the guy that played Old Man Anakin. Yeah. He, he didn't know what he was there for. Oh, God. He was cast, and he didn't even know that well, he was character i think i will say i i do think that was a secretive thing because yeah because you know when they david prowse who played darth vader you know was like to leak stuff like he just say oh i heard you oh know yeah I heard darth vader's really luke's father and he leaked that and stuff yeah so they, they put out <laughs> fake versions of the script specifically yeah. to people they didn't trust like david prowse yeah so i think when they got this actor they were like don't say anything because it might leak out that you're playing because they didn't want anyone to know you yeah. see Darth's face so. But he was fr- he was friends with Ian McDermott, and when he yeah. showed up to set, Ian McDermott's like, 
what are you doing here? And, it's like, and, he, and he supposedly, according to Endermit, he said, I don't know. They told me it was some sort of science fiction thing. Right, I'm sure. But you know what? I think he does in the in like the three minutes he's on screen. He does a good job. He know? does. He does. I would have preferred that it was James Earl Jones, actually. Oh, but. and I have right. breaking news to end this part because my wife can hear me recording. She just texted me and said, Vader is young because he doesn't want Luke to remember him as the white pasty blob. That's right. <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> but the thing is, is his force ghost it doesn't have like scars or anything. He has hair and looks right. normal. It's just as old. And he's dressed in. Uh, prefer- he's dressed in Obi Wan robes, also. Yeah, I just don't care for it. I mean, also, I, don't know, I just it just bothers me. But I'm also not the biggest yeah. fan of Hayden Christensen. It bothers me too. No, no, definitely me too. I prefer it the way it's it is in the original theatrical cut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that also. I I actually I I don't like George Lucas very much. No. Like I I appreciate what he gave the world, but I think he I think he has like some bad attitudes about certain things and bad instincts as a director. I think he's yeah, he... much better as like a story. He comes up, he's a good big picture guy. And I appreciate what he did for the world with Star Wars. But I feel like it's really disrespectful to recast actors after they've died. Right. That is, but that's, also that's, just, it doesn't make sense. No, yeah, it's yeah. not just it is, but it's not just it doesn't make sense. It's like, it's really disrespectful to that actor. Yeah, it like, is. It, it really is. And it's just, uh, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not a fan of that. But but anyway, I I, I I'm I'm fine for like I said I would have preferred that they had actually had James Earl Jones be in it. I was talking to my wife about it, and I was like, is it that in 1983 the movie going audience probably just could not conceive of a white guy having a black dad? Is that the problem? Probably. And, I mean, and yeah. she goes, yeah, I, probably, I, probably. And I was like, yeah, no, you're right, probably so. It would have made a lot of people go, wait a minute, Darth Vader's black. <laughs> Yeah, that would have uh, lost wrong. It would have been interesting. Yeah. It would have been would, a very interesting choice. I mean, also, if, if you did it today, it wouldn't, like, I mean, there's people who would have a problem with it, but I think for the most part, it would be like, yeah, okay. They're going to be the same people that are going to have problems with multiple things I said in this episode, so hey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, as, yeah. as we know. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> so, as you know, if you can't any, cast anybody who's not white in a Star Wars movie, immediately a certain percentage of the population will. And if y'all have a problem, y'all, if, if y'all think that's bad, y'all should uh, try to be a Will of Time fan. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'll wait until Acolyte episode, the Acolyte show comes live because that has a a young, I think she's a young black woman as the main character. So, yeah, that's going to go real well with certain oh people. Mm. I'm actually excited for that show because that's going to take place in the High Republic. So, I'm excited. Did they, did they at least properly cast the, I've never seen the Earthsea movies or TV show or whatever it was. Did I don't know least, what that is. Oh, one of the best science fiction fantasy series, or I mean, science, no, fantasy series ever, Ursula K. Le Guin from started in the 60s. Oh, yeah. But the main characters, most of the main characters are black because it's a society of, uh, well, it depends on which book you're in, but it's mostly black main characters. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, Ursula K. Le Guin, great, great author. Okay, great no, I don't, I don't read enough. So yeah. All right, any last things you want to say about this? We go to shelf stacker box. I think that we can we can go to the rating okay. rankings. And Carrie, why don't you go first? Oh, uh, absolutely, shelf. This is. Uh, I mean, this is the third time I've watched this movie in 2022. Like, <laughs> I, I, I watched the entire original trilogy at least twice a year. So, yeah, this is, you know, it's my third favorite Star Wars movie. It's one of, it's, it's not, it's probably not in my top 20 favorite movies the way I, you know, said Empire is my very favorite movie movie. But it is still, I, I absolutely love this movie. And watching it today, I was just like, this held up as, it was as good for me today as it was when I was 12 years old. So That's wonderful. Yeah. I don't feel that way, but I'm glad that someone did. <laughs> uh, what about you, Peter? Yeah, keep it on your shelf. Okay. 
watch it. I think it's, as I was saying before, it definitely suffers a little bit from some of the choices, either from acting or story. I think it's still a really good movie. It's a really fun adventure. It's definitely my third favorite Star Wars movie as well. I have a lot of nostalgia for it when I was a kid, but I think it still holds up as an adult. It's still something that you can just put on and have a good time with. So, yeah, definitely keep it on your shelf. Okay. I'll go last. I'm going to put this in the stack. I okay. I enjoyed this movie, but I was bored. Like, to me, the original trilogy caps with the best movie with A New Hope, and then it goes slowly downhill for me. I mean, Empire Strikes Back, I enjoyed. Like, I think I put that in the stack, too, from what I remember, but I did not enjoy this movie the way it, like, once I got off Jabba's Palace, I was more in the movie, but I was just, I was not enjoying this movie as much as I wanted to or thought I would. I just wasn't into it as much. I also missed things, but I still was just preoccupied. But overall, I mean, oh. it's going to stack. I'm, I'm glad that I finally, finally rewatched Return of the Jedi, though, because I haven't, yeah, I haven't seen this movie since Force Awakens came out in theaters because I watched it. Oh, wow. Because I, I meant, I watched all the Star movies from Force Awakens and I was going to watch them all, all again for Rise of Skywalker, but I got burned out and got to this point and never finished Return of the Jedi. I, you know, I, I thought of one more thing I wanted to say. Sure. I was watching it with my son this morning, and who's 10, and he said, I think this is my very favorite Star Wars movie, cool. except for Rise of Skywalker. That's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I loved, as I said this before, I loved Rise of Skywalker in theaters. <laughs> and I'm so scared when we get to it sometime next year, and I have to rewatch it for the first time in theaters and go, oh, no. Uh, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be fun. Because I, I have, said, I won't watch I it again. I'm purposely. There's certain movies that I will not rewatch until I cover them for the show, and that's one of them that I will not rewatch again because I'm worried that I will realize something that I don't know if I want to realize. <laughs> yeah, uh, what I said to him, I said, "That's cool. That's good." I'm, <laughs> I, mean, it's, I think it's. I, I said, "I think every Star Wars movie has some good stuff in it that we can all like." <laughs> all but one. Yeah. Right. No, I think one I, movie that has no redeeming factors. I don't think so. Well, I was. I mean. Rise of Skywalker would be the closest to that. But you movie, like the but... Phantom Menace, Mike. What are you talking about? <laughs> Attack of the Clones. I hate Attack of the Clones. I, I, I do think Attack of the Clones is probably the, I think the that's... second worst after Rise of Skywalker. But it's either, still... For me, it's either the first or second worst. Either I, find, I don't yeah. know if... I, I'm interested to see what I think of The Last Jedi when I rewatch it for this for this show, because maybe my opinion will have changed. The, the I... Last Jedi is the one where I saw it in the theater and loved it, and then... The further I got from it, the more I disliked it. But it was also one of those things of like, I don't want to dislike it too much because the people that rabidly dislike it are like the worst people on the internet. So it's kind of it's got that problem. Okay, I'm <laughs> I'm, sure I'm we'll curious. We'll I'm to I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah, come I'm, into I'm, an I'm, open I'm mind. looking forward to being on all these episodes, especially Phantom Menace, because I went from thinking Phantom Menace was amazing to hating it with a burning passion to now being like, yeah, hey, it's it's got some good stuff. It's in a it. good film. The millennial. I don't think I'd say way. it's a good film, but I rewatched it recently and I was like, oh, it's not that bad. I rank Phantom Menace up there with a new hope for me. So. That's good. That's too far. That's that's, yeah, that's too far. Like, it's, yeah, Phantom Menace is like the fifth worst to me, but it's still. Oh, and I want to read one comment that wasn't I wasn't asking for comments, but since Kendall had put it, I, I got to read oh. Kendall being frequent guest of the show. So, well, not frequent, but he's on the show sometimes. Yeah. He said, worst Star Wars film ever. Top 20 film of all time. Yeah, I was so confused by his comment. I I also don't understand how he can rate this above Attack of the Clones, or no, below Attack of the Clones, and, and below The Last Jedi, like, come on. I thought he had Mark. to be making some sort of joke. I, I did not he understand the, the top 20 movie ever. How is it? 
it's the worst Star Wars movie, but the top 20 movie ever. I think, yeah. Well, I He's think not kidding, just Kendall. He, he, he loves Star Wars so much. It's like, but, yes, Star Wars is so good that the worst, the worst Star Wars movie will be one of the best movies. Oh, yes. How yeah, that's about, what he, uh, Dark he Souls did a whole, is the worst Dark Souls game, making it better than most games. Yeah, yeah I, he, I did the, he did a whole podcast talking about where he reviewed all the Star Wars movies, especially where it inspired the idea for me to do it finally. And he, his, his co-hosts are wondering, too, his reasoning for hating Return of the Jedi, so... It's I, I mean, it feels it feels like for me, like there is a little bit of like the Wesley Crusher, the way like old Star Trek fans hated Wesley Crusher, you know, so much. Yeah. Where like people who were like, you know, I was a kid, when we were kids in the 80s, we thought Wesley Crusher is like, you know, he's our he's our surrogate. And so people that were like, you know, 20 when Return of the Jedi came out, hate it because of the Wookiees or something. I don't know. I also say that becoming a father makes you way softer on all this stuff. Like I went for like before I was a father, I thought Phantom Menace was like a sin against God and humanity. And then being a father, I'm like, oh no, you, you can find good stuff in everything. It makes everything but Attack of the Clones. I like the Caminos. I like the Camino ends. I like their planet. I like Jango uh, Fett. Okay, maybe um, I'll enjoy it more this playthrough. I just or this watch through. I, I just hate. That's about it. But still, <laughs> I will have things to say. I will have positive things to say about Attack of the Clones, but we'll get to okay. that. Okay, I'm excited. We're going to start one for anyone listening. You won't hear our review of Phantom Menace till probably January is my plan to start next year and then bring you the prequel trilogy, and then I don't know when the sequel trilogy will come, but the prequel trilogy is coming next year is my plan to record that. So We've also got to do Rogue One and Solo at some point. And the Clone Wars movie. Yeah. It's a movie. It came out. Yeah, yeah technically. I We'll talk about it. It might not be a two-hour episode like this is. It might just. Be I'd just love a... to talk about the Bad Batch sometime too. I, I finished that; it was really good. It was really, really maybe you'll good. give me an incentive to finally watch it all. Yeah, I mean, if you like, I mean, I just say like you like Rebels. Like I did. Yeah, I think you'd like the Bad Batch a lot. Okay, so, maybe we'll talk cool. after the show. Maybe you'll, this will give me the incentive to finally make myself watch it. I mean, you can talk about it for an episode, so I can actually make it worth my trouble. Yeah, just a review. Okay, we can, we can do Rebels and Bad Batch together. Since there's, only like, since there's only like 12 episodes of Bad Batch. There's more than that, I think. No, it's one season. Oh, okay. Well, we'll talk about that after the show. Carrie, yeah. where can people find you at? Hey, uh, so I occasionally, not very often nowadays, uh, stream on Twitch at Carousetta, K-E-R-O-O-S-E-T-A. Um, I have other social media stuff under the same name, but really the Twitch is the only thing I do, and I don't do it a lot. But you can see me play Dark Souls games and other stuff like that, and also fix and modify retro video game consoles. All right. And Peter, where can people find you at? I'm on Twitter at Peter BP. And I also have a book called The Fifth Civilization. That's the first part of a trilogy. If you look up that on Google or wherever books are sold, uh, take a look at it. I think you'll like the book. It's good. All right. And if you want to hear more Star Wars episodes, I'm going to do this fast because I <laughs> Star Wars Empire Strike Backs film 32 that you should definitely listen to if you enjoyed. If you listen to this one, Star Wars, The Last Command, comic 37. Star Wars A New Hope, film 29. You should also definitely listen to that if you listen to this one. Uh, Star Wars Dark Force Rising, comic 36. Star Wars Book of Boba Fett, TV 4. Star Wars Heir to the Empire, comic 34. Star Wars The Mandalorian, season 1, TV 2. People love that, by the way. Star Wars Dark Empire 2, Empire's End, comic 30. Star Wars Dark Empire, comic 27. Star Wars Forced Unleashed, episode 115. Star Wars The Mandalorian, season 2, TV 1. Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Star Wars the Old, Knights of the Old Republic, episode 69. Star Wars Darth Vader, Dark Lord of the Sith, comic 6. Star Wars Shadow of the Empire, 
Episode 48, Star Wars Holiday Special, Film 6, Star Wars Republic Commando, Episode 21, and Star Wars Dark Forces, Episode 13. God, that's there's 19 published Star Wars, and Obi-Wan will also be published at the point that you're hearing this. Go listen to that, too, if you haven't. I just don't have published, so I don't have a number. And I don't care enough to figure it out. So, <laughs> But it will be out by this time. All right, and as I always say, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We have a Patreon. If you want to help out the show with little little dollar, you can vote in all our Patreon polls. I don't know what it is at the time, but go do that. Also, please, I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fear. You can follow her on TikTok. And also want to give a shout out to my to my buddy Bill Tucker, did the MCU movies with me. Go check out his podcast, The Gamer Looks at Vorty, where he interviews people. Very good show. And I think that's everything I need to say, so we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.